take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked in. Please stand by. Who are you? For the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Chief ass whoopers. Sorry, sons of bitches. And movie and entertainment. Beer drinker. Among beer drinkers. And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing. JJ Sexy. Guys, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. Where tonight, 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 we're going to bring you the fallout from WWE's first season of NXT. That's right. The first season is officially over. The finale has been put to bed. We have a new next biggest star of the WWE. And we're going to reveal that later on in the show and before I go any further, uh, I do actually have somebody joining me, and I apologize for the delay, but making uh, his appearance on Unplugged for, I think, the second time, ladies and gentlemen, welcome the one, the only, my co-host on Wrestling News Live, the Trey Dog, is officially in the house. I'm actually the NXT winner, but nobody seems to know that. Yeah, what, what the hell happened there? Well, I went out there to accept, and I found out that you eventually screwed me on that show as well. Well, what can I say? When you got it, you got it. When you don't, you don't. Too bad, Trey. So I just I just stopped, and I said, well, hell, what's the point in continuing? I let that English, the English faggot have it, and we went on about our business. Wow, that's harsh. English faggot? Well, you don't like Wade Barrett? I'm not a big Wade Barrett guy. I, you know, I think out of the people that were in there, I don't like the way this season was handled. If you go back to, uh, it may have been my last appearance on Unplugged, when we talked about NXT, I said that if they were going to do a season two, they had to do it like American Idol and put some of the power in the hands of the fan. And what have they done? They've done just that. Now, what you've got is a show that I can get behind because I can care about it because my input is valued as is everybody else that wants to vote on WWE.com. And if you watch NXT tonight, you saw a very unique set of pros for next year or for next season, and you saw a very unique set of rookies for next season, and I've already got a couple of favorites that we'll discuss later in the show. However, with season one, the way that it was, we had the finale tonight, correct? Yes. 
Well, we still have a bunch of questions that need to be answered. That's no way to have a finale. I mean, your top guy in that, that entire thing was, you know, Bill Bryan, a.k.a. Brian Danielson, and they eliminated him in the first week, yet they storylines around him to keep him there the whole season. You know, I'm just... I'm just really uh, by the way they booked this season. Uh, like I said, you can never have a finale with so many open questions. What happens to the rest of these guys that were eliminated? Where do they go? They go back to, you know, the supermarket, the paint store, and the ranch that they worked on? I mean, where, where do they go? Do they go to, you know, the independent scene again? What happens with those guys? You know, does Wade Barrett get just a title shot at an upcoming pay-per-view, or does he sign a one-year Raw contract or SmackDown contract? Well, exactly. And what do you got? You know, and if you think back to some of the competition they had earlier on, you know, one week they had a challenge where the winner was going to get their own Titantron and music. Well, Wade Barrett won never that saw. challenge, and we never once saw that. NXT is really poorly ran, and I'll give you an example. Tonight... Stryker said, let's go to the pros portal. And he sat there, and he sat there, and then he goes, find out who the winner is, and then William Regal started doing a thing up on the top of the screen, on the top of the stage, arguing with all the other pros. All that was is to kill time because something went wrong. Nothing ever came out of William Regal talking smack to those other superstars other than the quote of the year, when Christian said, Regal, sit down, you haven't won in a year. Yeah, that was that was pretty priceless. You know, true. I'll show you something. He does that stupid fucking juke-juke dance. Who gives a shit if you can fucking shake your dick? <laughs> what is that? Regal's got his jacket off, taunting you to punch him in the face, and you go, watch this. And shake your crotch. Who cares? That's you good. know, if I'm if I'm Matt Hardy and William Regal calls me Eugene one time, I'm popping in the fucking mouth. I'm damn sure you're going to let him sit there and call me Eugene three or four times. That's a good point. But and then again, that's just me. Well, you know, that's that's a really good point. And you know, with that, I actually do have a couple clips that uh, that I kind of want to play to get us all set up for. This episode tonight of NXT, if you didn't catch it, well, you're about to get caught up on exactly what happened. And believe me, there's a lot of shit that I want to talk about uh, that went down tonight, especially as it relates to the next version of NXT. But with that said, let's go ahead and play this first clip, uh, the opening from NXT with Matt Stryker. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the season finale of NXT. Tonight, one rookie's dream will come true. But before we get to that, I'd like to introduce you to the five rookies who came oh so close, but were ultimately ultimately eliminated. Please welcome the five eliminated NXT rookies. Michael Tarver, Daniel Bryan, Skip Sheffield, Darren Young, and Heath Slater. 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's meet the men who hold the rookie's fate in their hands. Please welcome your WWE pros. Chris Jericho. The pro for Wade Barrett, who is one of the final three. The man. He was the pro for Daniel Bryan. For Justin Gabriel, who is one of the three remaining rookies. The United States Champion, R-Truth. His rookie, David Atlas Dotunga, still around. William Regal. His rookie was Skip Sheffield, who's in ringside. Christian. His rookie, Heath Slater, who was eliminated last week. C.M. Punk. And, of course... He had Darren Young under his tutelage. Still showing the effects of the haircut. Suffered at the hands of Rey Mysterio and over the limit is Mr. Punk, hence the reason for the mask. WWE pros, thank you so much for joining us. I'd now like to introduce the three NXT finalists. Please welcome the NXT rookies. Ranked number one, Wade Barrett. Here, Wade Barrett ranked number one under the tutelage of Jericho. And one can only imagine what this young man is thinking right now. That was last week. Ladies and gentlemen. Now, hang on. Before we go any further with that clip, Trey, I don't know if you got this, and I actually added Josh Pedra to the conversation as he was going to help guest host with me tonight. But here's the thing. When they were talking about the pros just there did you notice that one pro was absolutely not even mentioned at all and that was of course the pro that was for michael tarver the recently released carlito i like how they skirted the issue and didn't bring that up one iota yeah they got danced around that didn't they <laughs> they absolutely danced around it josh are you with us yes i am See, you know, on Tuesday nights, there's no jobbing out to Skype. I don't know what the hell's up with Mondays. Yeah, I was about ready to get through the raw recap. So I can see JJ, check. Trey Dog, check. Josh, check. But it's not Monday night. So it must be yeah, time I was for say, a little I think, news I, live invasion of NXT. I, I, I think somebody's put a hit on us on Monday nights on Skype or something. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past anybody, but uh, let me continue on with this clip. It gets really down to the nitty-gritty right here. Welcome the A-list, David Otunga. David Otunga ranked number two. A lot of people say that David Otunga that was last week. has the it factor. <laughs> Two pro polls tonight, remember. Justin Gabriel! And last week... He was ranked number three, Mr. Oh, we, Gabriel. We finally got it right after three guys from Cape Town, South Africa. Oh, we're all nervous Gabriel. tonight, Josh. It's a bundle of nerves for everyone involved here in the season finale of NXT. How bittersweet for the rookies who were eliminated, Cole. They didn't look too happy sitting at ringside here watching the season finale of NXT. Gentlemen, 
First, let me say congratulations to the three of you to making it this far. For the past 15 weeks, you have cultivated a dream. Two of you will have persevered, but will end up going home empty-handed. And only one will go on to become the WWE's next breakout star. Only one rookie will win NXT and earn a championship match live on pay-per-view. Since there are three NXT rookies left, I'd like to remind the pros that we will have two pros polls here tonight. What that means, gentlemen, you will essentially be doubly scrutinized. The pressure truly increases because all three of you will see action tonight in a triple threat match next on NXT. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, a final chance to impress in the ring here tonight for our three remaining rookies. And one can only imagine what is going through the minds of these young men. Someone's going to realize the culmination of a lifelong dream. The other two going to have. The yeah, yeah, I know. We know. Somebody's going to going to going to win. Somebody's going to go home. Somebody's going to be upset. Blah 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 blah. We hear that shit all the time. And oh, but that's how we started things off with them announcing they were going to have a triple threat, and they were doing two pros polls tonight on NXT, and a winner would be crowned. I actually have a question about that. Um, I was actually busy typing up the recap and trying to listen at the same time. Did they mention anywhere that that triple threat was supposed to be elimination? Or did that kind of just happen during the match? I, I think that actually came back after they came back from break. They announced it was going to be uh, an elimination match, actually. Yeah. Out of the working break. Okay, yeah, because I was sitting here typing up the recap, and I saw the pinfall happen. I'm like, oh, Wade Barrett wins. And it's like, oh, no, he just eliminated David Otunga. Okay, I must have missed something. Are you standing outside, Trey? My what? Are you outside? Yeah, I'm sitting on my front porch. Okay, I was just wondering where all the static was there for a second. No, I'm always, if, if I don't go outside, you don't hear me. Okay. All right, well, we actually have, uh, you know, tonight they actually started debuting some of the new superstars that are going to uh, be a big part of Season 2. And right here is the first superstar that they announced. Hi, I'm the Monday Night Delight, John Morrison. I'm a pro on NXT Season 2, and my rookie is like a giant redwood tree. Taller than the other trees in the forest, but from what I've heard, a little bit hard to talk to. If he opens his mind, I'm going to show him how to burn the rest of the forest down. Let's take a look at Eli Cottonwood. My name's Eli Cottonwood. I am seven foot one, and I weigh over 300 pounds. My motivation isn't just to win NXT, but instead to inflict pain and carnage amongst all the people who step in my path. Ladies and gentlemen, I know a little bit about this guy. John Morrison from Raw is going to have his hands full. Seven one, 315 pounds. Eli Cottonwood, to say the least, is a very strange dude. We're going to start learning about him next week on Season 2 of NXT. Okay, is it just me, or, you know, when I think of John Morrison as a pro, 
in NXT. I think of him mentoring someone that, that's that's a lot like him, that's you know closer to his his style, maybe a little flashy. I don't think of a seven foot tall giant. I, I mean, to me, that that is a total mismatch. Oh, but, definitely. I agree. I, I agree, hundred percent. There's like four or five of them that are mismatched. Well, there's quite a few that are that are way mismatched, and the mismatches go further down the line when we get to those clips. But you know, a seven foot guy, Eli Cottonwood. I I hate the name. First of all, you know, I, I thought it was funny that Morrison was playing off the whole you know redwood tree thing at the beginning, but Eli Cottonwood. Some of the names that they have picked for these rookies for season two is absolutely ridiculous, or as I like to yeah. say, redonkulous. And you. No, after I heard that intro promo by Elon Cottonwood, kind of wish John Morrison's um, rookie was actually a tree. <laughs> That's a very good point, Josh. Seriously, could he master the uh, to stop and pause any better? That was just horrid. Well, I mean, again, he is a big guy. Uh, you know, he's obviously got the look. You know, Vince McMahon has always you know had a hard on for the for the big guys in professional wrestling. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to see what this kid actually brings. But, again, some of the names that they have come up with this season, uh, you know, and, and there's there are two or three guys in this competition coming up that are second- and third-generation uh, wrestlers. And to not use those family names to me, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm not buying into this. I don't know what they're thinking here. So let's well, move. obviously not, because I can think of, like I said, three or four guys off the top of my head that are really mismatched with their pros, like Mark Henry and the guy he's with. Mark Henry should have been with the Cottonwood guy. Exactly. You know, Morrison should have been with the, uh, there's a guy that they call Lucky Cannon. Absolutely. Morrison should be with that guy. He reminds me of a Shawn Michaels wannabe. He's got the look, but Mind but he's also star. he's also in my he's also in my top three going in the next year or next season. So I'll save my thoughts on that for later. Well, that's impressive. You haven't even actually seen him in the ring, and he's already uh, he's already in your top three. So I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I've got my top three. I've already got my top three picked. So I'll get them to you as we go along. All right. Well, let's move on to the next clip. I believe this is our next uh, competitor that will be joining us for NXT. Hey, Witness the rookies in action. Please huddle up. Oh, actually, no, this is the pros poll. Sorry. For our new pros poll. Oh, man. It is a nerves time for Barrett Gabriel Onotunga. The pros are going to huddle, as Matt Stryker mentioned. They are going to uh, cast their votes for the pros poll. One rookie will be eliminated coming up in moments here on the season finale of NXT. And we're getting closer to find out who will be the WWE's next breakout star, but right now let's find out another one of the pros for season two of NXT. What's poppin', baby? MVP. Real excited about being a pro on season two of NXT. Now, I understand my rookie uh, hails from South Beach, not to be confused with Miami. See, South Beach is a party destination, which I know I like to party, but I hear my rookie does too, and that's fine, but he's got to understand that being a WWE superstar means hard work, dedication, sacrifice. If he's willing to show me a few of those things and earn my respect, then maybe I'll show him a few things. Here's Percy Watson. 
what? A sexy star. Stud star in there, baby. <laughs> I am the entertainer of all entertainers, baby. Percy Watson coming to see you real soon. Oh, yeah. Well, Percy Watson is going to be a lot of fun. A world-class athlete, he said. Oh, no. I can't believe that. Percy Watson. Oh, yeah. I don't well, know. The only, thing the, the, only thing, the only thing missing from that promo was, yes, caller, I suggest the butt. Yeah, uh-huh, the butt. <laughs> Talk about your porn star gimmick. Wow. It's the ladies' band, baby. Yes, and if you're rich, meet me at the Nacho Cod. I don't know. Uh, you know what? Uh, this guy's got a pretty good look, too. I mean, you know... There's only what there's only one or two competitors in this next season. Really, one that kind of stands out as being, uh, I would say, less than in perfect shape. And of course, he uh, he would be a third generation star, and we'll get to him momentarily. But I don't know; those two I think are going to mesh well. I think MVP and uh, and this guy I think I think will do well. Percy Watson MVP. I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Probably all right. of all the uh, the pros, they are. Probably the most suited. Oh, I don't know. I, I think Cody Rhodes and, it, and his guy are pretty pretty equal. No, absolutely. Pretty spot on. No, absolutely. This next clip's a little bit long. I think this is actually the uh, the finals of the pros poll and another rookie that they're going to have next week. Only someone's got it right. Because Zack Ryder is going to be a pro on NXT Season 2. Now, I could stand here and tell you all my rookie's attributes, but it really doesn't matter. What matters is what I teach my rookie, like like how to dress, like how to pick up girls, and how to get zacked. So let's take a look at my rookie, Titus O'Neil. Roll it. I am Titus O'Neil. My motivation is very simple, because I want to win. I'm very aggressive when it comes to doing what I need to do in the ring. A lot of my movements will hopefully put me in a position to win. It's going to be difficult, but it's definitely a challenge that I'm willing to sacrifice. Okay, wait a second. So we got, we got. hold on, hold on. Zach Ryder, okay, who has done absolutely dick all of all the <laughs> of all the coaches that we have in this next season. I would have to say that the majority of them have worn gold. What the hell has Zach Ryder done other than be an internet darling with his theme song, O Radio? And not only is he going to coach someone this next season, but he's going to coach a guy that is so so much bigger than he is. I mean, again, another mismatch. But of all the guys that got a pro this this time out, I think I'd have to be a little upset that I got Zach Ryder as my pro. Wow. Yeah, if I'm, a, if I'm the rookie coming in, I'm demanding a recount or some shit. I, I want a revote. I want a repoll something. Titus O'Neil gets Zach Ryder. What were they drawing short straws in the back? It's like, oh, let's stick the jobber with this guy. Well, to his credit, at least Titus cut a pretty interesting intro promo, though. I mean, I uh, yeah, I was say of all the of all the promos of all the promos that cut tonight, he he's one that I didn't think would be a jobber. Well, you know, and I agree. And and I'm looking in the chat, and one man X brings up a point. You know, it's like Tarver and Carlito. There is one notable exception to that. Carlito has won multiple championships, and I wouldn't consider him necessarily a jobber. Zack Ryder, in his tenure with this company, has done nothing but be a fucking edgehead and has never, ever 
held any kind of gold in the WWE. Of all, no, his claim his claim to fame are one legged pants and an interesting theme song. Exactly. I mean this this is the one guy in this competition that has never done anything to deserve being considered a pro. If anything, Zack Ryder should be on the next season of NXT. Honestly, if you want to go that watch far, and see, watch and see if that doesn't play out because he seems to have gotten himself a very serious rookie. You know, one of the serious promos that were cut. You know, by Titus. Watch and see if eventually down the line he doesn't turn and say, what the hell have you ever done to be able to coach me? You know? No, you're absolutely right. Zack Ryder did do one thing that none of us will ever do. He got between the legs of Alicia Fox on Monday night. That's a good point. Yeah, but that doesn't exactly make you the coach of the year. Just saying. But that is a good point, actually. It doesn't make you the coach of the year, but that is an accomplishment in itself. But, again, of all the guys and gals that are going to be on this next season as pros, he's the only one, to my knowledge, that has never won any kind of championship or done anything of any significance in the WWE. So let's continue on with this clip. Hello! Woo, woo, woo! You know it. Remember the Zach Pack, the former pro football player and Florida Gator, Titus O'Neal. Can't wait to see how he gets along with Zach. You know it. This is the season finale of NXT. Let's send things over to our host, Matt Stryker. Ladies and gentlemen, these three rookies, the time is upon them. We are going to reveal our pros poll, and one of these rookies will be eliminated. But before that, I'd like to hear from the competitors that know the rookies the best. The rookies that competed on season one. Michael Tarver, please stand up. Please tell us, who do you think should be eliminated and why? One thing's for sure, whether I'm in this chair or in that ring, I am the product. But if I had to choose anybody... I would choose me. Daniel Bryan, please stand up. Daniel, who should win NXT and why? Well, uh, David Otunga, he can't wrestle. Justin Gabriel, I'm sorry, buddy, but you can't talk. And that leaves one person. Wade Barrett should win this competition. Skip Sheffield, the same question to you. Who should win NXT and why? Who? I don't care. (laughs) Darren Young, please stand up. Who should win NXT and why, buddy? My money's on Wade Barrett. He's built for this mentally, he's built for this physically, and he's going to prove each and every one of you people in Dallas, Texas, that are a bunch of haters wrong. Finally, Heath Slater, please stand up. One man rock band, who should win NXT and why? Well, I've been in the ring with each one of those men up there. But I guess Wade Barrett proved it tonight. 
I'm sorry, people, but it's obvious. Okay, there you have the thoughts from the eliminated NXT rookies, and now the time is upon us. Are you ready? Gentlemen, for one of you, the journey is going to come to an end. Let's see the pros poll. You know, I kind of felt like they should have had some type of dramatic music playing in the background while this was going on, just to kind of add to the suspense of who was going to get eliminated here first in this pros poll. No. <laughs> we did get some cheesy. We got some cheesy number one contender music. We <laughs> we did get some cheesy number one contender music. But you should uh, play that theme that uh, they did during the Rock Seven when Jericho did. You, I think it's the same thing they use when a steel cage comes down. Oh, that that theme. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would do it, but forget that. Let's go back to the clip and find out who was eliminated first on NXT tonight. Okay, Wade Barrett, you are safe. David Otunga, Justin Gabriel, please step forward. I got to tell you guys, this is not an enviable position to be in. One of you is going to be eliminated, but the other one is going to be trailing going into the final pros poll. With that said, let's see who's going home. Justin, you got a quick comment? Hold on, should I get it? One second. It's your time, man. Go right ahead. I'm just a kid from South Africa, living my dream. And as Matt Stryker so eloquently put, the dream is over. But you see, it's not really, because I am the most tenacious person I know. I will keep coming back and keep coming back until I make it in this company. You know, NXT, I've had some ups, I've had some downs, some challenges I won, some I fell flat on my face, but I keep getting up. And I will keep coming back, because someday I will be a world champion. Let's hear it for Justin Gabriel! So there you have it, Justin Gabriel is eliminated first out, which leaves us with David Otunga. And Wade Barrett. And unfortunately, I didn't get the clip with Matt Hardy uh, talking to Justin Gabriel after the fact, saying that he reminds, Justin Gabriel reminds Matt Hardy a lot of himself and the fact that he will not die and that he will be back and he'll be a successful personality uh, in professional wrestling and wished him luck. So I thought that was that was kind of cool for Matt Hardy to go out there and do that. And, you know, sticking those two together I thought was good. It was good for uh, for Justin Gabriel to have a guy like Matt Hardy who I think doesn't get the credit that he deserves, to be honest. I mean, he's just that other Hardy brother. 
that nobody seems to really care about. And, you know, he's had flashes of brilliance, you know, few and far between. But, I mean, let's face it. When you think of the Hardy brothers, you think of Jeff Hardy as the more successful. And that's just because Which he's... Which is bad. Yeah. I mean, it's sad because, I mean, it's like Matt Hardy has naked pictures of the riding staff because every time they start to push him, it's like they go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're pushing him too high. Time to start screwing him over again. You know, and it's just ridiculous, I think. Oh, well, you know, it is sad because Jeff Hardy, like I said, he's he's known for being a spot monkey. And Matt Hardy's the guy that, you know, he's a, he's a ring general when, when you get him in there. He can, he can put the match together. You know, he pulls out some of the best counters I've ever seen. And he's got more of a psychological twist to what he's doing. And, again, it's... It's sad, but the Hardy Boys were what they were, and unfortunately, Matt's just kind of left, you know, the wayside. And I would like to someday see him go somewhere and do something. But you're right; I think he does have naked pictures of somebody, or he's got something that you know keeps him held back in that company. And it's sad, but you know, kudos to Justin Gabriel. I, I thought he did a good job in this competition. Uh, it it kind of saddens me to see him uh, eliminated, but I think we'll see him again. Yeah, and if Matt actually wants an honor for tonight, he can have the honor of being the first person in the month of June to job to an inanimate object, because tonight he jumped to the uh, the speaker system. He didn't even realize his microphone was live. <laughs> there you go, and it just keeps coming, the inanimate objects that people job to in professional wrestling. And I'm so glad, Josh, that you keep track of this stuff, because the statistics are amazing. It is, and I don't know if it's just because I'm paying attention now, but it's just the fact that every single week we have at least one job at minimum. So I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's because I'm paying attention more to it, or if it's just a common occurrence these days and people have just gotten sloppy. But every week so far since April, we've had at least one person job to an inanimate object. It's it's kind of funny. No, I would agree. And I believe moving on, we've got this next clip, and I believe this is the debut of the the son of Mike Rotunda, if I'm not mistaken. Season two. It's like cool. Your first ever female pros for NXT season two. Yeah, we don't know much about him. Except he's competed all over the world. That's amazing. Amazing. And he's so teeny tiny. And he'll he'll love love us. (laughs) And if he doesn't, well, at least he can carry our titles for us. (laughs) Wow. 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 Well, here's Cabal. My name is Cabal, and I'm from the greatest city on earth, Brooklyn, New York. I'm usually the underdog simply because I'm outmatched in size, but I'm not afraid of who's in the ring across from me. doesn't matter how big or how tough. I'm going to fight them tooth and nail until the end. I can't wait for this. The self-proclaimed pro-women's champions lay cool in the intense, no-nonsense New Yorker martial arts expert Kamal. It all starts next week, season two of NXT. Oh, we still have... Okay, let the ranting officially begin. What the fuck, WWE? You're going to take a guy like Caval, who we all know is low-key. We've seen him in TNA. We've seen him do a lot of things. It's a lot like the Brian Danielson issue. But not only are you going to put him in this competition, but then you're going to put him with fucking Lay Cool? Give me a fucking break. I about lost my fucking... 
I'm still pissed off about this. I cannot believe that we have two women as a pro for a guy like Caval. What the fuck are women even doing in this? It's not like we have women rookies. Well, I, I thought the exact, I the exact same thing. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, here we got Brandon Silvestri. You better know him as Senshi, Loki, Caval, whatever. He's traveled all over the world. Been to Japan, been to Ring of Honor, been to TNA. He's put on some of the best matches that you'll ever see, and even got a five-star match rating award for his match with Kenta at Final Battle 2005 in Ring of Honor. This guy doesn't really talk on the mic, but you can see his actions in the ring, and you can see the intensity he brings. That is his character. Then you have Lay Cool. Two pairs of tits, two holes, and two heartbeats, as Trey likes to put it, who don't even deserve to be worthy of the title of pro. I mean, these women are a slap in the face to women's wrestling overall. This is the prime example of why I hate the WWE Divas division, because they have no talent in there except for eye candy, except for, you know, maybe Natty Nightheart and, of course, you know, Beth Phoenix. But, you know, actual women wrestlers in the WWE are few and far between. And to stick someone with the caliber of low-key with these two fuck-ups is just utterly beyond me. I know NXT is scripted. It's a storyline. But there's also something that you have to take in consideration. It's how you portray your characters. And maybe they're trying to go for a mismatch pair here. I don't know. But if we're going to go for a mismatch pair scenario, they could do a hell of a lot better than two of the most worthless pieces of shit on the WWE roster. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, okay, one of them is the Undertaker's girlfriend, and the other one is a is a diva contest winner. Oh, kudos to the WWE on this one. I cannot believe. Like, this has got to be the worst choice. I'd have to say Zack Ryder is more of a pro than these two. Come on. Trey, you got the floor. Well, I mean, you ever heard the expression, you never get a second chance to make a first impression? Yeah. <laughs> well... We all know Loki. We all know him as Loki, as Senshi, and whatever. But the WWE Universe, they're getting their first real glimpse at him in one of their rings. And like I said, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So I don't know what the WWE is doing by taking guys that would generally, nine out of ten times, be the favorite going in and fucking them with their managers. I mean, Daniel Bryan, the same thing. They screwed him over. You know, everything they thought, you know, by sticking with The Miz, at first you thought, okay, that's a decent pairing. But then they immediately turned on each other from day one, and Danielson never really got a chance. The same thing's going to happen with Loki. He's hands-on the favorite to win this thing if it was a real wrestling competition. But the problem is, they know that, and so they stuck him with way cool. And I'm just, this is retarded. I, this is why I don't... You know, my heart doesn't break if I miss an episode of NXT. Well, uh, you know what? You're absolutely right. I, I'm kind of sick of this whole uh, stupidity. I, I'm looking forward to season two for just for a couple reasons. Apparently, I uh, I don't have the clip where Cody Rhodes was announced as the coach for the son of IRS, the grandson of uh, Blackjack Mulligan. And I'm trying. Do you remember his name offhand? It was. Uh, Husky something. Yeah, Husky. Yeah, it was, um, actually I have it here in my nose, Husky Harris. Husky Harris. Again, another name that... Oh, they're wearing a wildcat back there for a second. (laughs) 
Almost, my friend, almost. Yeah, Duke Rotundo, and he's going under the name Husky Harris. So well, he couldn't use a mulligan name. He couldn't use the Wyndham name. He couldn't use anything that we know. We've got to go for Husky Harris, which, you know, to me is a dumb fucking name. I'm sorry. I. You've got a third-generation guy that you're trying to mold. Fuck it. Give him his name. He doesn't have to live yeah, off his repu- or off his name. You know, but goddamn, at least go out there and, and, you know, don't insult our intelligence with, oh, well, this is the grandson of this guy. This is the, the son of this guy. Well, how come he doesn't have the same name? I mean, it's ridiculous. And even if they it's wanted ridiculous. to use the name Harris, they could have gone, gone with uh, Harris Mulligan or Harris Scheister. You know, at least something of some relevance. Well, exactly. I, I just, I don't understand why we're going this route. But I think Cody Rhodes is a great mentor for this kid. You know, he Cody, can learn how to play some Zelda. Well, there you go. I'll teach him how to play Zelda. You know, I mean, don't don't be surprised if, you know, Husky has gloves with the Triforce on him. I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. I mean, uh, you know, D- Dusty's son, Cody, uh, has come up in the business. I think sticking with Randy Orton in the Legacy Group and, and working with Ted really elevated him, and, and I think he's going to be a guy that's going to do well on the SmackDown roster. So I think putting Husky Harris with Cody Rhodes was was ultimately a, a very good decision because I think he can pass along the knowledge that he has learned in the last year or two, you know, working with a guy like Randy Orton. So I think this is he's probably got one of the better pros in this competition. Yeah, Randy would yeah. Can't even talk. Randy McWilliams in the chat even said, or even call him Blackjack Harris. That would have worked too. That would have worked really well. Hell, even with a name I could find, I like it. Yeah, I. You know what? I I think it could work. I mean, here's the thing: if these guys get signed to the roster, eventually they're they're going to go under their real name. So it's like, oh well, you know, he was this guy for a long time. Uh, it's a lot like John Morrison. You know, for the longest time he was Johnny Nitro, but they never throw anything back to the, his old Nitro days. He's just been John Morrison, even up from his DVD. He wasn't Johnny Nitro. He's John Morrison. So, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm not a big fan of them taking second and third generation stars and not giving them their names. I mean, at least, you know, and Antonio brings this up in the chat room, at least with Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan is pretty close to that. Yeah. yeah, and what's really weird is they just had the Uso brothers come out on Monday Night Raw and start this whole third-generation storyline with the Hart Dynasty. And you would figure that since that got over so well, they would actually give these third-generation wrestlers you know, their wrestling family names. Since it's working so well for others, it could have capitalized on you know these newer kids and you know maybe made something out of them. But instead, they just give up these stupid names like Lucky Cannon and fucking Michael McGillicuddy and stupid shit like that. Yeah, exactly, which I think leads us into our next clip, believe it or not. Season two. It's like cool. No, we heard that shit. Fuck that. WWE Universe. You know me, Mark Henry, world's strongest man. I've been selected as one of the professionals for NXT season two. Now, apparently, my, my rookie thinks that he's lucky. Well, I think he's lucky, too, to have me as his mentor. Let's take a look at him. Lucky Cannon. My friends and family call me Lucky, mostly because I've had a couple of close calls in my life. 
the name Lucky just kind of stuck. My biggest asset would be my heart, that never quit, never say die attitude. No, I won't stop. I can't stop. The world's strongest man in the six foot six, 250 pound former sheriff's deputy, Jesson Lucky Cannon, a young man with a very interesting story that you're going to want to hear about. We'll tell you about it all next week on the second season of NXT. So at least they kind of leave you with something that you're going to look forward to listening to next week when they uh, introduce all these people in this next season. Now, this kid, this is the one you're talking about that kind of reminds you of Shawn Michaels, Trey? Yeah, he's definitely got the heartbreak kid look to him. He's uh, 6'6". He's going to be a decent-sized superstar. Um, I, I just watched the clip and just go off the clip alone. I think he ends up in your top three. Well, you know, I, I think that's a good assumption. And this is the kid that I think would have been better suited with John Morrison, to be quite honest. Right, right, I agree. I would like to have seen Morrison with Lucky Cannon. I like to have seen uh, Cottonwood with Mark Henry. Um, I like to have seen Zack Ryder with uh, the ladies' man, whatever his name was. Um, MVP would have been better with uh, the serious guy that, that, that Zach Ryder ended up with. Uh, just, you know, right off the top of my head, there's four or five for you that, you know, are mismatched without even mentioning Low-Key and uh, the fact that he's way cool. So I, I'm apparently missing a few clips. I know that at one point, and this was the one that really got to me, um, Joe Hennig the son of Mr. Perfect, the grandson of Larry the Axe Hennig, is in this competition. Now, you know, there was a there was a report that was going around that he was going to debut as part of the Fortunate Sons with Ted DiBiase and Brett. Of course, uh, Brett got hurt, and that didn't happen. So they've decided to put him in NXT Season 2 under the name Michael McGillicuddy. Yeah, that that works. Michael McGillicuddy. Uh, what you could when did, NXT, when did NXT become so Irish? Exactly. I I, I heard that and I literally my jaw dropped. I, Mr. He Perfect looks son. just like his dad. He does, and you're going to call him McGillicuddy. Really? Wow. I just well, WWE. I, I don't know. Beulah. Well, okay, it did work for Beulah. Now, who was the pro they stuck him with? Because I, I don't remember offhand, Josh. Kofi Kingston. That's an interesting pick, I think. I like Kofi, but I don't know that I like him as the pro for Kurt Hennig's son. Well, here's 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 why they're doing that, and that's because uh, Kurt Hennig's kid is going to be over with the crowd immediately, and Kofi's so over with the crowd, it's just a good it's just a good babyface pairing of all this. You're probably right there. I just, like I said, I'm not a fan of all these name changes for these uh, second and third generation stars. You know, Caval got to keep his name that, that they've given him for the last, what, last little year he's been with the company in FCW. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, guys. I, I really don't know. There, there was a lot they did okay tonight, and there was a lot that I was just not happy with, and that was definitely one of them. Um you know, there, there was a match that happened. The first match that happened the night that I completely forgot about was the triple threat match. Uh, we saw that 
David Otunga was the first to get eliminated thanks to the uh, 450 splash by Justin Gabriel, but Wade Barrett kind of got the pin by taking the advantage. And then, of course, uh, Wade Barrett eliminated Justin Gabriel, and that's, of course, the first elimination was Justin Gabriel. So we're going to kind of move on with this next audio clip because we're, we're getting very close to the finale. And let me tell you, if you thought some of the other shit that went down, the finale was absolutely crazy. I mean, just absolutely ape shit. Don't know what the hell was going on, but there was some craziness to this tonight. The remaining rookies are here. Guys, you've had a chance to prove yourself physically, and now the opportunity to prove yourself verbally. What I'd like you to do is face each other, please. We're going to have a rookie face-off. As en- Okay, now this, this is an interesting segment. We've got Wade Barrett and Otunga basically going to cut on each other, talking about why each one of these guys should be eliminated and why the one person should remain and win NXT. And i, I got to say, there's some money comments right here. Entertainingly and creatively, in a 60-second time span, tell the other rookie why they should be eliminated and why you should be crowned the WWE's next breakout star. David Otunga, I'll start with you. The microphone is yours. I mean, let's be honest here. Brother, you're ugly. I mean, look at this nose. It's as crooked as your pro. That's truly a face only a mother could love. I mean, and not to mention your teeth. You don't intimidate anybody but your dentist. The only pay-per-view match I would pay to see is a triple threat with you, Aquafresh, and Listerine. Come on, look at, look at him. Am I lying? Look at my face. Look at this pretty smile. This is a cover shot face, not this. When are you going to see this in People Magazine? You're not going to see this body on Muscle and Fitness. Just not going to happen. I mean, you got a couple qualities, but you're not the whole package. You don't have my charisma. You don't have the it factor. You maybe know a couple moves in the ring. That can be taught. That can be learned. Did I mention I went to Harvard? Okay, I'm going to stop it right there. That is awesome. The uh, Money line of the night. The only pay-per-view match I'd want to see Wade Barrett in is one with Aquafresh and Listerine. I love it. That was priceless. I have to admit, taking a poke at the... Uh, <laughs> At the British people, you know, I mean, that, that's a common thing. You know, it doesn't matter if it's Simon Cowell or anything. Somebody's always talking about how British people have bad teeth. That was that was priceless. I, I have to admit, I, I got to give Otunga credit on that one. He really ripped him good. You got to admit, though, overall promo wise, I think Wade Barrett kicked his ass. Well, we're coming up to that. Yeah, because um, you know that line was good, but my favorite line of the night is what Wade Barrett said to. Uh, David Otunga, that was priceless. And and here is that. David Otunga, ladies and gentlemen. Wade Barrett, your response? Go. Well, that was thoroughly entertaining. I'm sure it had the viewers turning off in their droves, just like you have done every time you've stepped in the ring so far on NXT. You want to talk about my physique? I'm a fighter. That's why I got a broken nose. Let's look at your physique. 
great physique, bodybuilder. It's just a shame that you haven't got the first clue on how to use it. I've seen the great Carly move around in this ring with more balance and poise than you. <laughs> and you want to talk about the it factor, Otunga? I'll tell you why they say you've got the it factor. It's because you have no tangible quality whatsoever that WWE can hang on to. It factor. I think we need to add two more letters in front of that and you'll get a very good idea of what I think of you. You talk about Wade Barrett. Well. Okay. I I'm loving that one too. Because Otunga's got the shit factor according to Wade Barrett. Right, that's the wild night right there. All right, I'll have that to agree the with that. That might be the line of the week. Uh, you know what? I agree. I, I think that Otunga did a good job of ripping him, but Wade Barrett definitely uh, held his own and pretty much ripped <laughs> Otunga to shreds with some of those com those comments. Of course, As a matter of fact, the line of the night and the line of the week goes to Christian. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of like what Regal said, but we'll move on to that when we get to that because I actually have that as well. Uh, I think Regal might have actually had line of the night tonight. Let's see. Continuing on with this clip. WWE pros, the rookies have tried to sway you. Once again, I humbly ask that you get together, huddle up. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back, we're going to see our next pros poll. And we're going to find out the winner of the first season of WWE NXT. Well, while the pros gather and decide who will become the WWE's next breakout star, let's introduce you to another one of the pros for season two of NXT. Boom! 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 What's up, NXT? Intercontinental Champion Kofi Kingston here to let you know that I will be a professional on next season of NXT. And my rookie just so happens to be son of WWE Hall of Famer, Mr. Perfect. Now, be that as it may, this man, this man is going to make his own mark. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take a look at Michael McGillicuddy. I am Michael McGillicuddy. My in-ring style, one word, ruthless. Take a look at my bloodline. Look at where I come from. You could call me wrestling royalty. I remember a time back they called it ruthless aggression. Well, it's back. Well, the Intercontinental Champion, Kofi Kingston, hopes it's not trouble in Apparently, I did have that. I, I thought that was earlier in the show, but uh, unfortunately, I didn't get all these clips labeled. But yeah, so there there you go. Michael McGillicuddy, the son of Mr. Perfect. <laughs> Apparently, Mr. Perfect's real name was McGillicuddy. There you go. For those of you that didn't know. Kurt McGillicuddy. Larry the Axe McGillicuddy. Mm hmm. True story. Name. Name or no name, he's going to be in the top three. Oh, I think so. I He is actually the one that I would like to say is going to win it, but based on who he is, I don't think he will. But I think he's going to make it to the final three. I got to be real honest here. As long as he doesn't cut a promo and, you know, say that he should be eliminated. And then if that happens, you know, he'll, he'll be eliminated the next week. So, you know, hopefully that oh, won't Barbara. happen. He's Michael Farber is such an idiot. They asked him again tonight who should be eliminated. He said me. Well, no shit. That's why you're the first one known. Shut up. <laughs> I still say he's going to be Virgil. 
dumbass. He's, he's totally going to take Virgil's place. Oh. Well, next up, I do believe I have the finale. So here is the finale of NXT, complete with all the interruptions and crazy nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Going to crown the WWE's next breakout star, but we're already getting ready for next week's season two underway here Tuesday night. It has been an incredible season. The pros, Cole, they had control of who the next breakout star is, but in season two, it's a 50-50 split. The pros will decide 50% of the well, the outcome, and the WWE Universe, as voted on WWE.com, will have the other 50% of who wins NXT Season 2. I mean, we get some votes, I hope. Nonetheless, who wins this year? Well, let's head up to Matt Stryker for more. But here at ringside, uh, ladies and gentlemen, on NXT, the guys have already been eliminated. Look at the looks of the faces oh. of the eliminated. What's going there through? What's going uh, through their mind? Because someone is about to join them right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment we've all been waiting for. It is now time to find out the WWE's next breakout star. Yes, this is the moment that everybody has been waiting for because I have a very important announcement. You've seen all the WWE pros of Season 2 talk about their rookies. Well, I am proud to announce to all of you that I will be back for Season 2 of NXT. Yeah! Woo! And unlike this season, I won't be burdened with an egotistical, arrogant loser like Daniel Bryan. No, this season, I will have a winner. I want you all to get up out of your seats. Ladies and gentlemen, my rookie, the talent of Alex Riley. Does my hair look all right? Of course it looks all right. What am I asking you for? <laughs> Instead of NXT, you might as well call this show Alex Riley and the Seven Dorks. I'm the rare breed. Alex Riley has arrived, and he's running the show. Oh. Well, Miz, we look forward to seeing you on season two, which begins next week. But we are not done with tonight. We are not done with right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the pros poll. Who's going to be the WWE's next breakout star? Congratulations, Jericho. I'd just like to say you had the best man on the show. It's a shame he didn't have me for a mentor. Whoa, but whoa, whoa, whoa. Jericho ain't won. Hold on there. Listen, the only good thing your man's got going for him is that he married well. But I've seen his wife, so he didn't marry that well, did he? <laughs> oh, whoa, true. Whoa, the whoa, only whoa. reason he's here is because he's got a wife. Oh, whoa, you said up. See, to me, that was that was the line of the night right there. The fact that he married well, but that he's seen his wife, and he didn't really marry that well. Oh, I don't know. That's good, but I think Christian's rebuttal later smokes that. Well, you've got a good point there, but we'll continue on with the clip. Got a mask on. Be quiet. Let's get on with it. Wade, congratulations. I knew you'd win. Being a fellow Englishman... 
We're better than all of these pathetic people. Would you just so put I a clump you in win. your mouth Thank and you. shut up? Man, won't you sit down? down? Wade hasn't won yet. What exactly are you going to do about it? You know what? I can do a lot about it if that's what you want. Please, please, make my day. I've had 15 weeks of being stuck on this show with not having a live microphone. Please, one of you, do something to me. One of you, please. One of you, please. Come on, what about... Now, Jericho knows better. Kermit, you know. Eugene, you know better as well. You and know you what? Know, and you I know. got something for Come you. Come on, do something, Can we please. do something? Can we do something? <laughs> How very entertaining. Regal. Is that the best you've got? Regal. Really? Regal, you better sit down. You haven't won a fight in a year. <laughs> oh, man. Benjamin Button, you've spoken up. So do you want to do something? Do you want to prove yourself? Regal, 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 Regal. Enough of everything on it. Fifteen weeks I've been here. Fifteen weeks I ended up with a complete moron, a complete moron that I had to deal with. The reason why Barry is going to win is not because he's English. It's because I was his pro. No, 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 The same way that if Skip Sheffield was my pro, was my rookie, he would have won as well. So please. Stop embarrassing yourself in front of all these people and just admit the fact that I was the pro that had the foresight and the influence to put Barrett exactly Chris, where he Chris, is, which is on top. I've always liked your two moves. Don't touch me. No, I really, hey, I've always liked you. Sweet, you know, hey, that's sweet. But James Arnett. You know as well as I do, you know as well as I do that that man would have won this with any of us as his pros. It's just a shame without me. Without General, me gentlemen, to continue with gentlemen, with well, all due respect, know, this well, you, oh, 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 hang on, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on a second, hang on a second, yeah, Eugene, you're going to start first. now, are you? Come on, come on. Gentlemen, with all due respect, please, live microphones, anything can happen here in the WWE. <laughs> it's time to meet the WWE's next breakout star. Let's see the pros poll. Let's wait for five minutes while this music plays. No shit. The about time. Anybody know any good jokes? Tonga, your thoughts. This 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 can't be real. I mean, I don't know if Ashton's around here or what, but it's obvious I'm being punked. I mean, it's obvious. Even Stevie Wonder could see I'm the next breakout star. But it's okay. I was eliminated from a reality show before and became a bigger star than anybody on it. There's somebody I greatly respect who was eliminated from a little show called American Idol and went on to be the biggest star of anybody on that show. Oh, so whether shit. I win this competition or not, there's no question. David Otunga is the breakout star of NXT. Google that. 
Well, you're obviously disappointed, and some would say that you sound bitter, and rightfully so. Let's hear from the WWE's next breakout star. Congratulations, Wade Barrett. You've earned a championship match live on pay-per-view. Tell the world about Wade Barrett. Congratulations. Wow, Wade Barrett. WWE's next breakout star. That's got a real nice ring to it. But you know what? It isn't anything that I or my pro, Mr. Chris Jericho, didn't know from the very beginning. I told you from the start that I was the best on NXT and that I was going to win this competition. Well, guess what? I was right. And here's the deal. I didn't come to WWE or NXT for a pat on the back or to gain anyone's approval. I came here to make myself a lot of coin. And now I've got a pay-per-view title match and that is going to bring the big bucks rolling in. But the, for the pros on that stage over there, I've got some really bad news for you because this is the beginning of a brand new era in WWE. The era of Wade Barrett. And a few weeks ago, I told the world that the winds of change were blowing here in the WWE. Well, today, those winds stop blowing because change is here and change is now. And it is a change that is going to take Wade Barrett to the WWE heavyweight title. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the story. And so there you have it, your first NXT winner, the first season, Wade Barrett. And you know what? This is the guy that I said a long time ago was my dark horse. And to see him walk yeah. away, the NXT champion, I'm happy for him. I think he got probably one of the best pros that he could have gotten. Uh, it wouldn't have surprised me even if, you know, and Regal made a very good point that, you know, he's glad to see Barrett goes over here and he thinks he's going to be a good addition to the roster. And I agree with Regal. Doesn't matter who the coach would have been. Wade Barrett was was destined to win this thing from the beginning. But I I could imagine how things would have turned out if Regal would would have been the uh, the mentor, the pro for Wade Barrett. But uh, you got to give credit to Chris Jericho because he really groomed this kid to do something. And uh, you know I'm happy for Wade Barrett, quite frankly. Yeah, I have nothing against Wade Barrett as your winner for this. Um, other than the fact Brian Danielson is a better wrestler. Um, oh, I agree. I think it would have been funny if Otunga would have taken a different approach in his farewell promo. I mean, he's always been so confident, so, you know, full of himself. You know, I like the Ashton Kutcher. I must be being punked. But he should have just turned and looked at the camera and said, well, it's obvious, America. It was the closest poll in NXT history. And obviously, Barrett won by a nose. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But his nose is broken. So, yeah, that's a good point, Josh. Uh, you know, if I would have been Otunga, I probably would have bitched at how the next season of NXT, the fans are going to be able to put their input on it, and it'll be 50% fans, 50% of the pros. And, you know, I would have I would have went the route that, you know, if the fans would have been allowed to vote this time, Wade Barrett wouldn't be the NXT champion. I would be. Yeah. But even though, with that being said, he wouldn't have been. No, you know, with um, instead of adding the fans to the uh, the polls, they could have done a different dynamic since we had so many problems 
with uh, rookies being paired up with the wrong pros. They should have given the rookies a chance to actually have a rookies poll, and they felt as if their pro wasn't doing the job. They had the right to actually get a better pro in order to become the next WWE superstar. I think that would have been a better dynamic than just including the fans. I would agree with that. Trey? I think it would be cool if they'd do it like free agency and fantasy baseball where the entire WWE roster is available, and if you don't like your pro, then you can claim another pro off of off the waiver wire as long as another rookie that's ranked higher than you doesn't claim them first. Yeah, that would work too. Yeah, it's you know it really drives people to the website to see what pros were available because not everybody like Undertaker is not going to mentor a kid. You know, not everybody is available to WWE, but make it to where a lot of the other superstars are available and just kind of see what dynamic you get. You know, that way. No, that's that's a good point. I you know I, I think that's got merit. Whether it will happen, probably not, but. Uh, your overall perceptions on this season of NXT, guys, uh, for me, I think the last four or five episodes have been can't miss. And uh, I got to give the WWE credit for that. Toward the, you know, toward the beginning, it was, it was interesting. Toward the middle, it got really stale. But at the end, it really kept people watching. And, and I have to give them a thumbs up. I think that some of the decisions they made were controversial enough that it got people watching the product and it got people behind them. So... Uh, if I had to give this a letter grade, I would say that after tonight, they would get a high B, a B plus, if you will, uh, for this season of NXT. Well, I, 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 I'm a little different than you on this. I think that it was a great concept, and you know, hindsight, as they say, is always 2020. So to be able to look back and say we should have done this, we shouldn't have done that, you're always going to be pretty much right on. But for it being the inaugural season, the first time they did this, and with the improvements they've already made to season two, which starts next week, I would have to say all in all, because it took so long for us to figure out the formula, and it took so long to get this thing going to where it was can't miss, I'm going to give them a C plus. But I do give them a thumbs up overall. Josh? Did we lose Josh? Wow, I guess we Apparently did. Apparently we did. Apparently we did, and I didn't even realize that either that or he's uh, stepped away for a moment. So I still have him listed here. I don't know what the hell happened. That's insane. Insane the membrane. Oh well, I guess we'll take our, our first commercial break of the night. We'll come back and do a little video game talk, but. Uh, like I said, man, overall, I thought the show was good tonight. I, I mean, a lot of controversial things moving into this next season. Not a big fan of the name changes, but, you know, what do you do? Well, it can only get better or worse. And I'm thinking that with the fans voting and the audience participation that it's going to get better. Let's just see if, the, if, the, if, if season two sucks in comparison to season one, then you can blame the addition of the fans for it. Well, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, we, we've seen things with the fans happen in the past where it's been kind of messed up. Uh, so, I mean, you look at Taboo Tuesday. You look uh, you look at Cyber Sunday. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know you don't want to talk about Taboo Tuesday. I, I know. 
I'm going to pay no to today. <laughs> All right. With that said, I think we're going to go ahead and take our first commercial break of the evening. We'll come right back with more Unplugged. Maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get some callers to call in. They won't talk about family. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back with myself and the trade dog, and possibly even Josh Peger will be back. So uh, stay tuned for more Unplugged right after it's this. Posse. Shoot him up. Shoot him up. <laughs> Others born to endless night. Losers! Quit going to the mall to the buy only drama of gangster rap is woven into the wisdom of the dirt sheet. Yo, Dre, lay down a beat. Yo, all you do is stutter. It's like which one is dumb and which one is dumber. Shad and JTG, you wanna be? Welcome to the dirt sheet. They say I'm a hottie. The girls all want me. They get hungry for peanut butter and Johnny. Mmm. Cause I'm the shaman of sexy shed. Tell your mom to stop texting me. But I guess I can't really blame her. I'm the honcho of hotness. The lady tamer. Honestly, follow me. Here's a philosophy. Shad's girl has a face like a wallaby. Yes, I got sideburns and fur coats. I think deep, but I can still hit the high notes. When I met Jesus, I stole his halo. Cause no one can stop my taekwondo. I do what I want. That's how I roll. You too? I just a couple mofos. Just a couple mofos. I just a couple mofos. I'm the M-I-Z, Grand Miz of the Lust. Step to me, son, you'll be biting the dust. I go to parties, rake harvest, let me A-list events. Where's crime child struggling to pay the rent? We J-Mo and Niz, wrestling pranksters. Crime time, wrestling fakers. Gangs from the hood, ha, not really. I fart the worst things from a bowl of chills. JTG, nobody likes your style. You're the new Steve Urkel, drunk in denial. Shag claims booking, but he's always taking a beating. Come to L.A. with a week of kill to eat. Crime time, you're killing the business. Because we all know you're just a bunch of misfits. Misfits, misfits, bunch of misfits. Misfits. I'm John Morris, son. He's supersonic. JTG needs hooked on chronics. I'm the myth. He got hats like Slash. Shad reeks like a pile of trash. The dirt sheet got, got tons, tons of groupies. Word up. Old news like Snoopy. The dirt sheet should win an Emmy. Word up. Ain't, ain't worth, worth a penny. penny. If you're really sweet, you don't have to say so. You two are just, just a couple mofos. Just a couple mofos. You go to clubs, but you never get digits. You two are a bunch of misfits. Misfits, misfits. Bunch of misfits. Word up to your mother. We out of here. Be jealous.
Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlocks2headlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlocks2headlines.com. John Marston. What are you doing here, Mr. Marston? I'm here to capture or kill Bill Williamson. <laughs> okay. I rode in gang. We robbed trains, banks, held people ransom. We killed people we didn't know. Bill Williamson was in that game. Man, it is time to start tearing this place apart and find out where he's cowering. If I don't capture my former brother in arms, great harm will befall my family. I thought you were supposed to protect us, Marshal. Not up, men. I know a cure for all ailments, Mr. Marston. People don't forget. Nothing is forgiven. All right, guys, we're back, unplugged. Now we're going to kind of shift the focus just a little bit. We've already talked about NXT. We know that Wade Barrett is the guy that uh, that won the competition tonight. Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett. The winds have changed. You swept Wade Barrett in. And now we're going to shift focus and discuss a little bit about a game that I have had uh, oh, so much fun playing. I mean, quite frankly... If you're a fan of the Grand Theft Auto ser- uh, series of games, especially Grand Theft Auto 4, this engine is pretty much taken from that, but it takes place in the Wild West. 
Of course, you heard the commercial earlier. It's about James Marston, a former outlaw who basically is working for the government because they've kidnapped his family and are forcing him to go after one of his former gang members. And i got to be real honest, guys. I know that IGN gave this a 9.7. It's getting high ratings everywhere, and it much... It definitely deserves the rating it's getting. I gotta play this music in the background. I got three different songs going after this. We've got. Uh, I, I just I feel like I'm in a spaghetti western when I play this game. I, I feel like I'm Clint Eastwood when I go out and do things. The multiplayer is fantastic. I would say it's probably one of the better multiplayers. It's definitely better than GTA 4. Uh, you know, just the fact that you're in the Wild West and you're able to do, uh, you know, you're not stealing cars. You can steal horses. You can do dastardly things. In fact, there's an achievement called Dastardly where you can actually lasso a damsel in distress or just a random whore and go and put them on the train track and watch the train run them over. <laughs> I mean, the shit you can do in this game is fantastic. So many ways to die, whether it's through a gunfight whether it's by animals, uh, whether it's just you know falling into the water, which which is a major con- bone of contention with me because in this particular game, unlike the Grand Theft Auto series, if you're in water at all, you die. So apparently they didn't swim in the Old West. I don't know. Craziest thing. That's probably one of the only complaints that I have with this game is that you can't swim, and once you hit the water, you're dead. But as far as the multiplayer goes, as far as the single-player campaign, this game is beautiful. I mean, I'm loving this game. I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, one, of, one of the best memories I've had so far of this game was playing against uh, the Canadian Horseman, and, and Sean was, was involved in this, and we had one of our other listeners, Deadeye, and the four of us formed a posse and went out and took out a whole bunch of... Uh, gang hideouts and to me that was that was so much fun because not only were we taking out the bad guys but we kind of turn on each other as well i can remember sean was riding on his horse and i shot his horse in the head and completely threw him off the horse and the horse flipped over on top of him and he got up and of course tried to have a gunfight with me so there was a lot of fun things that we were able to do and i like the interaction that you have in this game i mean it's it's pretty realistic as far as the mechanics. If you shoot a horse, it's going to flip. It's going to do this and that. So, I'm telling you, the graphics on this game are top-notch. And if you have not gotten a chance to play this game, it's not a rental. Go pick this motherfucker up. I mean, this this is a game that you're going to want to buy. This is a game you're going to you're going to want to keep in your collection. If not, just to go get all the achievements that you can do or, you know, advance your rank. You know, when you're playing the single-player campaign, you can advance your rank and do different things by, you know, being a master hunter, being a sharpshooter. You've got all these different challenges that take you away from the main aspect of the game and really keeps you embroiled in gameplay for hours upon end. You even have this same system in play on multiplayer when you're in free roam. You know, if you go in and you do certain things, like you can advance your level... Uh, what you can be called. I mean, your character even. There's different aspects of the multiplayer. You know, as you advance on rank, more options are opened up to you as to what horse you can ride, as to what skin your character has. So, I definitely recommend this. 
I give it two thumbs up, and it's it's a must buy. You know, IGN gave it a nine point seven. Uh, I would have to agree with that score. I I can't take away from that. Like I said, the only problem I had with this game so far is that you cannot swim. But other than that, this game is kick ass, guys. You got to go pick this shit up. Well, you know, it's really amazing if you uh, might you may have caught this. I know that. I thought it was something that only happened here in the States. Apparently, J.J. knew about it as well. But the Saturday night, uh, the day after this came out here in the States, uh, I was in my bedroom flipping channels through my DV or my, my, uh, my DVR box on Dish Network, and I went down to Fox, which is my local Fox station, Channel 23, and it said Red Dead Redemption. It was a 30-minute long special. So I clicked on it just as it started, and they actually showed cutscenes that all tied together for just, you know, like one of the side stories of the game. And my dad and I had been talking, you know, I remember my, my dad, who doesn't know a whole lot about video games, not his world. Um, interestingly, we had been talking about Pac-Man, earlier that evening and I was telling a story of when my dad bought Pac-Man for my brother and I you know if I left one if I cleared one section of the Pac-Man map and I was being chased by a ghost and I would leave one little one little piece whatever they call those little things you eat you know right my dad would say my dad would say, hey, boy, don't leave the Peter tracks. Go back and get that. Well, I didn't know that he was referring to Peter as in penis. I didn't know at the time what he was talking about. So when the neighbors came over to play, I would say, hey, don't leave the Peter tracks. And he'd go, hey, don't say that. Don't say that. That's just between you and me. You know, and it took me a while to realize what he was talking about by saying Peter tracks because they look like little dicks, I guess, to him. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I was telling that story to him earlier that evening talking about video games and how far things had come, and I wish I had a way to show him. Well, I ran down the hall, and I said, Hey, Dad, turn on Channel 23. I said, You might like this, thinking that he would give it two minutes and go, Yeah, whatever, and go back to what he was watching. But he said, God, I want more of that. At the end of 30 minutes, just watching the cutscenes, my dad was like, Now, that's a game. If you bought that and you wanted to sit here and play it all night long, I could watch you play that one. You know, just because he's such a big Western fan. When my dad watches TV, he watches three channels. He watches sci-fi for all the sci-fi, Stargate, Star Wars, Star Trek shit that's on that network. And then he watches the outdoor channel for all the deer the deer hunting and the turkey hunting. And then he watches uh, the Western, Encore Western channel. Right. Those are the only three channels my dad really watches. But 99.9% of the time... When you walk in the room, my dad's watching a Western on the Western channel. Huge Western fan. And after just watching those cutscenes for 30 minutes, there was really only one level of the game, one storyline of the many that are on this game. He was like, dude, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. we gotta, we, we got to get that. And that's coming from my 67-year-old dad. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the cool things, too, uh, you know, I mentioned the, the hooker or the damsel in distress that you put on the tracks and watch, you know, you could do that with anybody, really, because um, you, you have a lasso and you're able to hogtie people. You can put them on the back of your horse and ride around with them. Um, one of the other aspects of this is with that lasso, you can drag somebody 
across the land, too. Behind your horse, yeah. Yes, yeah, you can completely drag them across land and pretty much do whatever you want. I mean, uh, the cool thing is there's a wanted system as well, so if you do something wrong or something that's <laughs> that's obviously immoral, the law is going to chase you down. But the higher your bounty gets and the more you evade them, at, at one point, once your bounty gets to a certain level, the U.S. Marshals start coming after you. Uh-oh. Yeah, which, you know, I mean, and at any given time, you know, just out of the blue, the U.S. Marshals or the law will come after you if you're still, you got your wanted level. Now, you're able to pay off your own bounty on yourself if you go to any of the telegraph stations anywhere involved in the game. So, I mean, so let's me, say let's say you're out free roaming with your posse of buddies, but your wanted level is so high that the U.S. Marshals are after you. You could be off in something in the middle of nowhere, and out of the blue, the the Marshals ride up on you. You got to try to get away. Yes. Yeah, I think there's there's okay. there's, a, there's an achievement too where you've got to get a certain breed of horse. I think it's the uh, Hungarian half breed, which is a white horse. And if you get your wanted level high enough that the U.S. Marshals are chasing you, you evade them and head south to Mexico, and you get a uh, an achievement called uh, heading south on a white, pale white horse or something. I, it's it's a pretty good achievement to get. So I mean, there's a lot of things they added to this. I talked about the hunting aspect of the game. There's so many critters, like you know, you got packs of wolves, you've got coyotes. Uh, the one that really kicks my ass all the time are the mountain lions, the cougars. Because uh, those motherfuckers are quick as shit. One minute you could be on your horse, and the next minute your horse is down, and you've got this cat coming at you. And they, I mean, one or two swipes, and you're fucking dead. And you don't even know about it. They're like ninjas, as uh, One Man X is bringing up in the chat room. So uh, it's definitely fun. You've got bears that you can chase after. And some of these, uh, some of these levels, or some of these advancement in levels, you have to do crazy things like take out a pack of wolves with your knife. Or skin, or you know, or kill a bear with your knife, or kill a cougar with your knife. So I mean, there's a lot of fun aspects to playing this. The the dead eye system is great, where you can pause time and basically set up your shots uh, with with your six shooter and basically point name where you want to go. And then of course, as soon as that you know you hit your trigger button, it goes back to real time, and you're you, know, you got five or six shots blowing the fuck out of somebody or, or two or three people at that. So you know, it's definitely. Uh, a good system, I think. The, the dead eye is, is pretty accurate. That's that's the one thing that's really saved me against cougars. Anytime I get attacked, I go to straight to dead eye and fuck them little bitches up because they will they will tear your ass up. Now let me ask you this: when you're online playing the game and you're riding around with your group of guys, do you come across other people online playing the game, or is it just you and your guys and that's it? Well, if you do a private session with, you know, say you and your friends, you can do that. But if you're playing free mode online, you can basically form up your posse and you're playing with other people. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's full rooms. There's been many times I've gone online and, uh, you know, got my ass handed to me by different posses because I'm playing alone. But, uh, you know what, it, it's cool. And there's a wanted feature also on that where if you're doing things, you, know, you go around, you start shooting innocent people then it'll basically take and uh, give you that wanted level. And then the players that are in free roam, they are notified that there is a player that has a wanted bounty on them. And so at that point, anybody else Get in the game out. can come after your ass and take you out if you have a wanted That's bounty. That's what I'd do. I'd be all about that shit. So, yeah, the multiplayer on this is fantastic. I, 
I haven't seen a lot of glitches. I'm sure there there are, are glitchy things out there, but to my knowledge, I haven't run across anything that's discouraged me from playing online. Sweet. I cannot wait to get in my apartment and play this. Dude, I can't wait for you because we'll go posse around and fucking do some shit. Like, that game, yeah. game is phenomenal. So... We are, we are definitely going to get together and kill some shit on that game. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I was hoping you could steal a train, but I haven't really uh, haven't really come across anything where you can do that yet, which which is kind of sad. But, you know, you, you think back to Grand Theft Auto, which, thank God, it's, it's not exactly like that. You know, a lot of people thought it was Grand Theft Horse. But, you know, the thing I hated about Grand Theft Auto was at any given time you're playing multiplayer and you got these fuckers that have nothing better to do but to bring down a fucking... Uh, helicopter on your ass, you know, and them and a bunch of friends are fucking sniping you from a helicopter. You know, at least you don't have right. that. You, you don't have people flying around in the fucking game shooting at you. So, you know, and the cover system awesome. is really good too. Like, you crouch down and, and you you've got your cover buttons, your left and right. Or I think it's your left trigger. Your it's your right trigger. You can hide behind boxes and stuff and uh, manually aim at people. And, and you know, the cover system is great. So you can be riding along with your group, and then somebody else playing somewhere else is with their group. And they see it, they can just open fire on you. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and anything you do on the multiplayer, if you if you shoot anybody, doesn't matter if it's if it's a player or if it's just any random uh, NPC in the game, then you get points for killing them. Whether it's one point or I think you get ten points for every character in the game that you kill uh, online. So you slowly build that score up. And like I said, once you build your score up, your level increases and you're able to do more things as far as picking the skin of your character, uh, the horse that you can ride in. Like they've got they've got you start off with one of the characters, you have a fucking ass as your ride, a fucking mule. And and, and until you get your status up, you're riding a fucking donkey around the prairies. <laughs> you know? So, you know, there's nothing like riding your jackass around and getting killed by people because you don't have a fast horse. Donkey. That'll do, donkey. That'll do. <laughs> so, again, if you guys haven't played this, you need to mosey on down to your local GameStop and buy that motherfucker. Oh, yeah. I actually was in prior Oklahoma on Wednesday or Thursday of last week at their Walmart. They were sold out. They were sold out at the GameStop across the street. And then when I got into Claremore, they were sold out at both video game stores here. Wow. That's pretty impressive. You know, so a, lot of, a lot of people are happy. Another thing I noticed at GameStop that will be interesting coming soon is uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is getting ready to get their Black Ops upgraded. Oh, you mean the Resurgence Pack? Yeah, it's going to be called Black Ops. It's by a different company altogether, but it's going to cover, like, Desert Storm and Iraqi Freedom and all of that. Oh, yeah, Black Ops is, is yeah, that's a completely new game that they're doing. Uh, it has nothing to do with the, the previous Infinity Ward creation of Modern Warfare. And, and the thing about Black Ops, right. which, which is appealing, is that, you know, it does go to different time periods, you know, Vietnam, uh, even some modern stuff. So it's kind of weird the right. way they're going to they're gonna kind of piece everything together. It's funny, I was supposed to go and pick up a game today called Alpha Protocol, which was basically a game uh, by Obsidian, the company that 
I think just recently overtook the uh, the Fallout series, and they're the the company that had a hand in the Knights of the Old Republic two game for the Xbox three uh, for the Xbox. And it, basically, this Alpha Protocol was supposed to be a role playing uh, spy thriller, and I put my money down about a month ago on it because it was getting you know a lot of decent buzz, and it was something that I was looking forward to playing, but. Uh, the truth of the matter is, the latest review come out, and it was like a, I think they gave it a 6.0. Like it was not, it was not favored very well. They said that the gameplay lacked when you were shooting. Uh, it was hard to really hit things. So when you are doing the shooter aspect of it, you're, you're not able to target your uh, your enemies very well, and it takes multiple shots to do something that should only take one shot to do. They said the story was really good. But it's got a lot of bugs and glitches, so uh, I, the other day, basically went back to GameStop and canceled my pre-order and have been playing Red Dead Revolver ever since. Well, there you go. That's next on my list. Uh, you know what? Again, it is a must-get. Absolutely. Is Josh with us? Did, did I lose him a long time ago? Because I conferenced him back in. I have no idea what happened to Josh. Uh, I'm still here. I'm just listening to you ran on about Red Dead Redemption. Have you played it yet? Nope. What the fuck are you waiting yeah. for? Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption looked so cool that when I first saw it and started talking to JJ about it a year ago, if you are an old VIP member and you listen to the Doghouse, it was the very first game I previewed on the very first edition of the Doghouse. Yep, I remember that. And that was a year ago, and I couldn't wait to get it then. I still haven't gotten the son of a bitch. It won't do me any good, really, because I'm not online at my dad's house, but when I get in my apartment, that's going to change. Well, you'll definitely have fun. I'm looking in the chat room, and they're talking about Tall Trees is where you can find all the bears. I had a story about that. I was in Tall Trees just kind of looking around. And I literally had fucking six or seven grizzly bears standing. I was always on this ledge, and they were below me. And I literally had my fucking shotgun and just kept pumping them full of fucking lead. And every time I kill one, there'd be more coming right into that opening. And then I hear this noise, and I turn around, and there's a fucking bear standing up on on both on on its on its uh, two legs right behind me, growling at me. <laughs> I shot that motherfucker and ran. <laughs> <laughs> so the bears are a motherfucker, man. Yeah, I can't wait to get mine. Once had, except it was a raccoon. It was a what? A raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were you going to say, Trey? No, I was just saying, I can't wait to get caught because I'm going to play the shit out of this game. And, you know, you've even got, like, some of the rifles and stuff that you've got. Uh, there's there's a sniper rifle. I'm not really sure of the name of it. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of cool to see the sniper rifle because it's it's very Wild Westish, you know, where it's got, uh, it obviously doesn't zoom in and out like you, you know, are accustomed to in a lot of the modern warfare games. So it does stick with the time period. Uh, the shotgun is pretty kick-ass. You know, your six-shooter is pretty good. You can, uh, you know... Get upgrades to your weapons as you go along. So, oh man, it's it's fun, man. I I I can't say enough good things about this game. Uh, at any given time, you'll be riding along, you know, completing your missions or or doing whatever, and you'll run into random strangers, who will you know, based upon your uh, 
based upon your reputation, uh, I, I'm right now playing as a as a reputable kind of guy. I'm doing good deeds and helping people out and saving damsels in distress. And you know, the higher your honor level is, which is what they call it, it's the honor system basically. Uh, the higher your honor is, you know, the more people will come and ask you for help or plead to you to help them out. Uh, the lower your honor system is, obviously thieves and bandits will uh, will be more likely to talk to you and not shoot at you. So, I mean, it, it's kind of a, you know, you pick and choose what you want to do. I'm playing this time as the good guy. Next time out, I'm probably going to do a lot of bad decisions and uh, probably have a huge, a huge bounty on my head and, and have fun with that. But, uh, again, this game is just, it's addictive as shit. I, when I'm done with the show tonight, I'm back online. I, I'm going to play. I haven't played all day, so I guarantee you I'm getting on there and probably forming a posse, and it's too bad Crelly is on the PS3 because I'd own his ass, but, you know, it's what happens. <laughs> well, JJ, my friend, I'm on the front porch getting eaten up with mosquitoes inside of the pterodactyl, so I think I'm going to call tonight. Sounds good. I think I'm going to take a few cone calls, and then I'm going to wrap this thing up. So, Trey, thanks for coming aboard. I know you wanted to be a part of uh, not only the NXT, but uh, for this game review, so thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Not a problem, not a problem. Like I said, uh, we got a lot of good things planned for the network. We've had some technical difficulties as of late. Uh, nobody's fault, just the way shit happens. So as apparently the grandpa of wrestling radio, I implore you to stick around the SNS network, stick around the site, uh, go enjoy the ethos that JJ does. Um, doesn't cost you anything to watch. You can watch everything from the Royal Rumble all the way to Unforgiven, which was this last weekend. Um, we've got more great shows coming up for you here on this network the rest of the week. And then I'll be back for Wrestling News Live on Monday. And like I said, I'm just, I'm without internet right now at my dad's house. There's not one provider that comes here because he's out in the middle of nowhere. So once I get in my apartment in June, mid-June, the first thing I'm doing besides electricity is turning on the Internet. And everything will be back to normal and will get even better as we go along because there's a ton of ideas in my head that I can't put to paper until I get the Internet. So with that being said, thanks to everybody who listens to every show on the network, and uh, we'll see you Monday, or at least I'll see you Monday night for Wrestling News Live. So, JJ, Josh, you guys have a great end of the show, and uh, thanks for letting me hang out on Unplugged. Hey, Trey, before you go, one thing really quickly. I've got somebody that wants to ask you a question really quick. Mike, are you there? Hello, Trey. How you doing, Captain? Uh, You wouldn't have to catch me with my boots off. What's going on? (laughs) What's going on, big man? I know we tried to do this last night, so I'm going to just make it very short and sweet. I have a lot of comments I'd like to make about the show, about the garbage we saw on television. But first things first. Like I said last night in between the 25 times Skype beat the crap out of me, you got me. You got me fair, fair, square, or whatever the case may be, and I don't give a crap. I'm going to turn around, I'm going to take Santo, and I'm going to turn him into a Mexican frickin' jalapeno cheese pepper when the time comes. But in between now and then, I'm petitioning to the SCW committee to put your ass and mine inside Hell in a Cell. And it's very simple why. 
you want to claim that I need help fighting my battles, which is a crock of shit, fine. Two of us inside a cell, anytime, any place. I don't need help fighting battles. I may go down, but I swear by the good grace of God, I'm going to take your fucking ass down with me. I am going to kick the living crap out of you, and when all is said and done, win, lose, or draw, you're going to remember my motherfucking name, and you're going to remember what you did to me. Okay, now, now before you go, before you go, um, we have the man that does wield the power, he said, here with us, the man that makes the matches. Um, I would agree that, you know, things have not gone my way in the past due to, you know, several different scenarios and, you know, three-on-one, two-on-one situations. And I'm glad that you have these high hopes because, I mean, like I always say, Martin Luther King had a dream and look where it got him. Don't let your mouth overload your ass. My foot's still a little sore from forcing it down your throat. However, I'm pretty sure that I'll be healthy enough to accept your challenge and I'm flattered that not only do I think that I'm the standard bearer in the Federation, but that you would forego your championship rematch clause to fight me. I tell you what, let's make this interesting. If you want me at Hell in a Cell, if you want me in a cage, I'm all for that. But I don't kick ass for free. I want to get something out of it. And you do have a rematch clause for that title. You put your rematch clause all time for a shot at Santo Loco and that belt, and I'll fight you in the cage. Ooh, the plot thickens. I mean, I can kick ass all day long. I prefer to kick ass when there's things on the line. You know something? If I have to go through 500 motherfucking people to get back to where I need to be to take that Mexican jalapeno son of a bitch and turn him into the fucking pile of pudding he deserves to be, you know what? Fine. You got a deal. If that's what I got to do to get your ass in the ring, and let me explain something to you. I'm not calling you the standard bearer of nothing. I'm not calling you anything like that. Okay? You and I got issues. End of discussion. We're not talking standard bearers. We're not talking anything else. You and I have got issues. We're going to settle it. We're going to settle it like men. You and I are going to step into that cell. We're going to look each other square in the face. Whoever hits each other the hardest can't get up. Last man standing wins. You want me to put the rematch up? Fine. You got a deal. So the winner of our match becomes the automatic number one contender for Santo Loco's heavyweight championship. And as far as the things I want you to call me, there's only two that come to mind, sir and the Grim Reaper, because when I'm done with you, you will be dead. You haven't dealt with many New Yorkers in your, t- in your, in your, li- in your lifetime now, motherfucker. New Yorkers, when cornered, become dangerous animals. No, you know what they say about the big dog, don't get him in the corner on the porch because he'll bite your ass. You don't want none of this, okay? You don't want none of this. No, I I would would say... Are we booked, boss? Is this a a done deal? 
Uh, it is. Uh, you know what? I'll book it. it uh, the next pay-per-view is not for a couple months, so that gives you both time to, uh, you know, get everything ready. But uh, I'm it, all for it. it. it Okay, then let's do this. I got no problem with that. In the meantime, in the meantime, Mister, you take your little, you take your little ball, you run with it, you go see what sort of mischief you can cause. I'm gonna go kick a few other other people's asses and get ready to take you apart, limb by limb. All right. Well, so. I tell you what, there, Mike, you. Uh, Tell yourself whatever you have to to sleep good tonight because when it comes time for the pay-per-view, I'll be there. And you know what? Between now and then, I'll squash a few bugs that have gotten in my way, and I'll still be able to take you out at the pay-per-view. And you're right. I don't want none of this. I I would normally say I want all of it, but when all of it weighs about 450 pounds, that's a lot for any man to take on. Whatever the case may be, you want to start going that route, fine. You want to start going that route, fine. I'm not going to sit here and yell, scream, and holler. I'm going to let my actions speak for me. And when and when the smoke clears, you will be you will be carted out on a motherfucking stretcher. End of story. Well, maybe the story you read, but the chapter that I've got in front of me reads a whole lot different, pal. Just like I told you several weeks ago, no sense in getting upset, no sense in getting frustrated. It will happen. It may not even benefit me when it does, but I would get my revenge, and I got it at the pay-per-view. Not only did I get my revenge at the pay-per-view, but now I've got you so pissed off that you're dumb enough to put your title match on the line with me. So, therefore, I've already won twice before I even get in the ring with you, and then the third time's a charm. Mike, are you still with us? I'm going to take that as a no. Josh, are you still with us? Oh, yeah, I'm still here. Trey, are you still with us? I'm still here, bro. Okay, so apparently he left. Nobody got jobbed out, he yeah. left, so... Psycho had to go bowl through another 500 people to get to the front of the line at Nathan's. So, well, well, there we have it. We're going to have a match, obviously, on the next pay per view, which I have to figure out a name for. And obviously, we've got. Uh, <laughs> he says in the chat he hung up 10 minutes ago. Uh, but obviously, we've got uh, a major match in play, a uh, uh, hell in the cell, now, if you will. Now, JJ, our past, our past aside, wouldn't you say that? Oh, what a tangled web we weave when everything comes to fruition just the way we said it would, just the way I said it would. I would agree with you there. I made my, I, I made my peace with the fact that I got screwed at the pay-per-view in my title shot against Mike. And yeah, he did get the one, two, three. But we all know what happened, and we all know it wasn't a fair fight. So there's nothing I can do about that. So then I got to thinking, how could I possibly turn this into, into something that would be beneficial to me? The old, how do I make a, po- a negative into a positive? It's real simple. The kindness route. I told him for weeks, and you've got to back me up on this as my co-host and commissioner of the, the Federation, that I couldn't tell him when, 
but eventually I would get my revenge. And not only did I get my revenge, I helped a friend of mine win the title. I'm proud of Santa Loco. I'm glad he's the champion. But in doing so, I got my revenge. And not only in getting my revenge, but I've got him so angry that he's put his title shot on the line. So now I'm right back where I was before I was screwed. Yep. And I've already beaten him twice now mentally. Now it's all about the physical part in Hell in the Cell at the next pay-per-view. I'm looking forward to this, actually. I think this is going to be a, a marquee match. I mean, the guy has been fucking with me since Royal Rumble. Has he not? He has, you're right. And, you know, he wants to talk about how bad New Yorkers are. I don't give a shit where you come from. I don't care if you were hatched. I don't care if you were in an egg, if you were, you know, brought by the fucking stork. I don't care how you came into this world. It's how I choose to take you out of this world that you should be most concerned with. It's not where you're from, Mike, but it's where I'm going to send you when this is all said and done. This should be at the very tip-top of your priority list. And I've done all this without raising my voice and without getting angry because I've got you right where I want you and right where I set you up to fall into place. So you want to talk about who's the most dangerous when backed into the corner? Don't fuck with the big dogs. If you can't hang on the porch, go back to New York and lick your wounds because that's where you're going to be the day after the pay-per-view. Very nicely put. So with that said, I'm all promoed out. All right, Trey. Well, thanks for joining me on the show tonight. And it looks like we got a little business taken care of. So I will talk to you soon, my yeah. friend. I'm glad that I was able to come on the show tonight and I had fun. So uh, I'm just jealous that you guys are all playing Red Dead and I'm sitting here playing college baseball 06. So, oh, well. If you feel better, Trey, I'm playing Super Mario Galaxy 2. So there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. Can't all be bad, I guess. I'm just happy that last night Nebraska was ranked number seven in the nation. And my Oklahoma Sooner team that I'm playing with is ranked number 75. And I beat them the first two games by a college run rule, which is 10 runs after seven innings. And I'm beating them in the third game of the series by, like, six runs going into the fifth. So hopefully my guys have figured out how to hit. I'm starting to hit home runs for the first time since the beginning of the season. That's pretty cool. So, baseball tonight, here I come. It's been a pleasure, gentlemen, and uh, like I said, I'll catch you guys next Monday on Wrestling News Live. Sounds good, Trey. We'll talk to you later, my friend. All right, buddy. Be good. All right, man. So, there you have it. Trey Dog. Got a match set up for the next pay-per-view. Again, I got to figure out a name. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. I'm trying to think what's in 2010 that we could... Name the pay-per-view off of based on that one match alone. Well, there's Judgment I Day. Maybe, uh, I was just about to say that, Judgment Day. Yeah, there's Judgment Day. I think there's Armageddon, which actually kind of works, too. Armageddon would work. Too bad No Mercy's not around. That would have been perfect. Well, actually, No Mercy is in the game. 
Is it? Come to think of it, yeah, No Mercy is still one of the actual uh, names of the pay-per-view in that game. So, yeah, that's still available. Uh, you know what? I think I'll, I'll choose three or four names, and we'll just do a poll and decide what people want to call the next pay-per-view. We'll make that it interactive. We'll make it interactive, you know. Yeah, I mean, the WWE is doing the whole fan interaction thing. Why can't we? Well, we've been doing it for a long time. This is true. That's what Wrestling News Live and, you know, everything else on the Sunday Night Showdown Radio Network is built off of. Nope, I agree. I, I, I can't believe you haven't picked up a copy of Red Dead yet. Man. What, what are you thinking? Well, I was never really a fan of Grand Theft Auto, and when I found out it was just basically GTA Western Edition, I decided to skip over it. Oh, man. You don't know what you're missing, homie. Some good stuff. I'll tell you what. We're going to take a couple of calls, and then I'm going to wrap this thing up and uh, get, get some Red Dead going on tonight because uh, I'm ready to kill some motherfuckers. <laughs> Very nice. I'm ready to pull out my, my six-shooter and just fucking fill you full of lead. So, Meanwhile, I'll be jumping around on Goombas and collecting star bits. There you go. How is that game, by the way? It's actually pretty fun. Um, they've really improved over the uh, the first Mario Galaxy with it. And it seems every single level you go to has a different theme or a different gimmick to it. So the gameplay never really gets old. And then, of course, you know, you maybe go there for like one or two stars and your level's done. But as you progress further through the game... Uh, new stars open up, new paths open up on the old levels. You get to go back and uh, play them through again with uh, doing interesting dynamics. The levels change each time for each star, so it's it's pretty good. Um, the gameplay itself, the controls are really tight, really responsive. You would think that you know with the Wii Motion that it would be all over the place, but they really got a great sensitivity to the remote. So any slight movement, basically, if you move it real fast, you move real fast. If you slightly tilt, you know, you slightly move. But you got a great reaction response time with it as well. So, so far, there's six worlds. I think there's seven bonus worlds you can go to. So there's a lot of content to get through, and you know, it's just overall great. Josh, Josh, hang on a second. I, I, we've got a caller on the line. You need to turn down your player because it's totally fucking everything up here. So on mute, man. <laughs> what the fuck was that? That was crazy. He was talking. I was like, that's exactly what I heard. Really? It's probably my Skype. My Skype likes to set its own thing, even though I don't have the automatically adjust microphone settings on. Okay. Is this new beta I have? So I have the new beta Skype. So yeah. That's weird, man. That was that was freaking me out. I thought I was talking to Megatron or some shit. I don't yeah, no shit. Autobots assemble. <laughs> now that's a game that I can't wait to play. I'll probably go put my money down on that one uh, come this month. Uh, the Transformers War for Cybertron. That looks pretty fucking awesome. Yes, me and uh, me and a friend of mine uh, actually looking to actually buy that game and play it together on the PS3. So yeah. Very cool, very cool. Uh, so, CJ, what's on your mind tonight, buddy? What's on my mind? I'm sitting here thinking, why the hell did I sell my Xbox 360 in January? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, man, I needed money for school at the time, so, you know, I was starting back school, so I needed some money for transportation. But, you know, I mean, 
I can get it. I can get it used cheap. So I mean, that's the one game I'm thinking of getting for the 360 since like you're playing Red Dead. I'm, I like I like how the game looks and everything. You know, I'm playing right now. I'm playing the Bastard Stepchild to that game. What's that? Uh, Letting Gold. Um, Gangs of the West. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, it's a strict online, but it's like this. I'm not really gonna go into details about it, but it's like a really really good online multiplayer experience. Oh, that's cool. Like it's just that, but it's so fun. It gets, it's like you get immersed in it because like everything complements each other, which is like amazing. Outside of that, I've been playing the stereotypically, you know, go to the hood, everybody popping a quarter games, street fighting, and things like that. So now, see, I've been playing. I, I played Street Fighter a couple times this past week, and uh, you know, I basically bought Super Street Fighter Four the other day. It's sad. I was hoping to get my buddy, uh, my, my actual best friend. Uh, Dave on the show tonight, not Internet Dave, for those of you wondering, but a uh, guy that I went to school with back uh, back in the day, still lives in Arkansas, and he actually had a hand in helping to train uh, Bull Buchanan, get his start in pro wrestling, so um, one of these days I'll bring him on the show and we'll we'll definitely talk a little Super Street Fighter 4, because he and I go way back as far as, we used to do gaming tournaments together. Oh, and yeah. and uh, you know we we'd sit there and put money down and get you know twenty thirty people and and just make a day of it. So uh, it'll be interesting conversations when I bring him on because he is you know when it comes to fighting games he is the guy to talk to. So I'll try and get him on the show here pretty soon. But uh, I love I love Super Street Fighter Four. I mean it's it's very similar to Street Fighter Two, but it seems like to me it's it's a little bit easier. Um, I had no problems pulling off. The 360 moves with Zangief. I mean, and I don't even have a joystick. I'm just using the regular controller. So, uh, to me, it just seemed like it was more fluid and, and more, you know, easy to work through. I mean, with the precision of everything now in the controllers, you know, it was a lot easier. I mean, it's a new engine they're using, too, so compared to Street Fighter 4. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, everything's more yeah, balanced. I finally got now. to play it, too. Uh, my friend Mike brought it over on... Um, I think it was Sunday, and I tried it out. And honestly, I mean, I went through Street Fighter 4. I played it from beginning to end, unlocked everything you could unlock. So it really just felt like, you know, a small extension for me. I mean, I tried everything else, but honestly, I wasn't really too impressed uh, versus the original Street Fighter 4. Had I played Super without playing the original, yeah, I would say it was a phenomenal game. But to me, it just, you know, felt like something you should have downloaded if Capcom coded the game correctly. Well, now see that—that's where you and I are different because I never got a chance to play the original Super or the original Street Fighter Four. Um, I, I just simply went and bought this one. And the funny story is, I was in Blockbuster a couple weeks ago, and we were just renting a movie, and I went to go look at the, what the video games had over there in the in the obviously the video game bins and and where they had the new stuff locked up, and I looked down and there's a used copy of uh, Street Fighter Four. For forty bucks, and I'm thinking, hmm, used for forty bucks, yeah, that's kind of kind of shitty. And then I look in the cabinet, and the brand new Super Street Fighter Four, they have marked brand new for twenty nine ninety nine. What? <laughs> yeah, I looked at that, and I looked at Harmony, and I said, I'm getting this. So I call the guy over there. He comes, he goes, yeah, we're we're trying to get rid of the used because uh, we got this this other game that you know we got to make room for. So they completely fucked up, and put the the prices. On the wrong game. Instead of cheap selling Street Fighter 4, they were selling Super Street Fighter 4 for $30. Yeah. 
So I get up there to the till. They ring it up, and sure enough, it comes up at like you know forty five bucks. And he's like, "No, I'll fix that. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll give it to you for this price." And I was like, "Wow, that is amazing." So I picked it up for that reason. I've gone through the game and beat it twice with with Zangief and Ken, who are my two favorite characters of all time. But that, that's about all I've done. I've been so busy with the E-Fed playing Red Dead that I haven't had a chance to really delve too much into it. But I like what I saw. I never lost a match with Zangief. With Ken, right. I, I lost a few matches. And I came close to losing with Zangief a few times. Because I would, I would, at the last second, pull off a 360 move, whether it was the uh, the multiple Germans or the, the actual 360 pile driver or the, the finish. So. Yeah. Nah, um, but, you know, in all honesty, you know, like Josh was saying thing is they couldn't code it because it's 10 extra characters then you have the replay mode then you have the endless matches which basically quarter matches where you're sitting down in the lobby waiting for your turn to come in and it's like goes in an endless loop so yeah that and there's actually going to be some dlc that's going to be a tournament mode that they're going to be releasing here in the near future which i'm looking forward to yeah june 15th is that date so yeah yeah I'm straight up looking forward to that. Like that's the one thing I'm looking forward to when they're looking to release some new characters as well sometime in the near future. So should be pretty interesting. I'm, I can't wait to hear your man's da- your man Dave talk about it, man. Shoot, I would love to have an interesting conversation with him about that. Oh, dude, like you know, he is like the guru of all things Street Fighter. Uh, you know, <laughs> like I said, we go way back. Me and Dave, I've known him since. Uh, since about 1991, and like I said, he's still my best friend, and, you know, I haven't seen him in four years since I've been here in Canada, but, uh, you know, our paths always seem to cross, and, you know, we go way back, so I'm looking forward to bringing him on, because I'm sure that we both have stories that we would just love to tell you guys of the shit that we've done to each other over the years, because there's some classics. Man, I'll tell you, everybody here had, like, a 360, man, we could have, like, an online little tournament for our own selves for the E. But like not even even for just SNS, all of us just playing Super Street Fighter Four, something like that. Oh, absolutely, pretty... absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that'd be awesome, CJ. Yeah. The only one problem is, is I truly believe that Street Fighter Four belongs on the PS3 because I don't know the D-pad on the PS3 for the controller just responds a lot better than the uh, thumbstick on the 360. I mean, it's probably just my personal taste. But every single fighting game I've owned, I've got it for the PS3 or the PS2 because it just handles a lot better, in my opinion. See, I, I, I disagree. I mean, I, I'm a homer, I, and, and I was a big PlayStation guy for a long time. But I'm a homer for that Xbox controller. Uh, the 360 controller, I think, is the best controller out there. I love the positioning of the joysticks and the control pad. I, I think that is, to me, the way that feels in your hand and you know the way it's set up, I, I, just, I think it's the best controller on the market today. I think the Dreamcast controller, but a little, more, a lot more streamlined. And yes, like at the time, the Dreamcast controller was pretty good. So I mean, both has its advantages. Like you don't want to mess with the D-pad on the 360, but the D-pad on the PS3 is a lot better. The thumbstick on the 360 is a lot tighter. So you know, it depends on your depends on your skill, depends on how you feel and how big your hands are. I have big hands, so playing with a three playing with a PS3 controller after playing with a 360 controller is pretty weird. No, I, I can understand that. I just I'm not a big fan of uh, of the DualShock. I, I don't like the the two DualShocks together. I, I like how Xbox has it kind of spaced out, where you've got 
uh, the two sticks, and you've got the con- the uh, the control pad right there next to the other stick. I just honestly, guys, I I mean, and that's my opinion. I just I'm a homer for that for that particular controller. Yeah. Plus, that controller don't break. You know, you could throw that controller, and that controller would be perfectly good. Well, and, and oh that, yeah, I can attest to that because there's a couple of games, namely uh, Mega Man 10 Hard Mode, where um, I got a little frustrated. And the controller uh, fell victim to gravity a couple of times with a little bit of force behind it, a little bit of kinetic motion. <laughs> well, you know what? It's a start. You think back to the original Xbox, and the controller was god awful and huge. That's why I hated the original Xbox. When I saw that monstrosity, I thought I can't even hold this damn thing in my hand. It's not comfortable to play with. Um, at least they got the 360 better as far as the control streamlined. If only they made 360s that didn't red ring of death all the time, you know, then there'd be something. It'd be the ultimate system if it wasn't for the damn, you know, red ring of death. You know what's well, funny? My 360 is an original November 2005 launch system, and it still works perfectly to this day. How often do you play it? Um, probably out of seven days a week, maybe about four or five for about maybe three, four hours at a time. That's interesting. I, I, this is the second Xbox 360 I've had. I sent my other one to the, uh, to the plant to get, uh, you know, to get it fixed. And of course, they sent me, a, I guess, a brand new one because they sure as hell didn't send me the one that I sent off. But I had it for about a year and a half before I got Red Ring. And with this one, I haven't had any problems. I'm now to the point where when I, I've got the, the one, uh, the 120 hard drive. So what I do is when I get a game now, I just install the game into the hard drive so it's not really working that Xbox too much because it's on the hard drive. And I think that's that's one of the keys of longevity of keeping your system up to date is keeping that shit on the hard drive. When you've got that disc spinning, it just gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And unless you've got it on an air conditioning vent or you've got a fan on it, you know, it, it's going to red ring at some point. Which And the funny thing is, with E3 rolling around, there's rumors that Microsoft is going to unveil a Xbox 360 Slim, which I don't know how that's going to work out for them because if they can't keep the heating issues under control on these bigger ones, I don't know how they're going to manage to control uh, that on a smaller version. One of the ideas that they had when it came to the Slimline version was actually, you know, differentiating the placement of some of the chips and some of some of the chipsets in the in the um 360 spacing them out using extra epoxy to keep it there to make to let the cool let it let the air circulate better and streamline through the system so it doesn't heat up as fast well, that could work that's when, yeah that's what they're thinking of that's what they were thinking of they were thinking of doing that with the big one as well like using yes using less technology inside of it no nope. you know, but I, don't, I mean, that that could work. I, I know that with PS3, they did something re- uh, recently where they actually did a new chips uh, a new chipset uh, that was able to to compensate for it. So I mean, I don't know how the PS3s are performing with this new chipset, but I don't know. I, I mean, I, I it, it kind of sucks because they they kind of forced the Xbox 360 out as quick as they did, and you know there was just so many problems with it so i mean a lot of the newer ones that they've made in the last couple of years you know have better motherboards and you know have really kind of cut down on uh, on breaking down but you know it's rare anymore that you see as many red ring of deaths as you did on the initial launch the first two or three years that this system was out it seems like they've gotten better 
at making these. Oh, yeah. I mean, Microsoft, like, this is a perfect example of why you don't get a game system launch time at all. It's the same thing with getting the iPhone at launch. The amount of problems that the iPhone had at launch. The amount of problems that I foresee the iPad having from launch. You know, believe me, this is why you don't get technology at launch at all. You wait maybe a year or two. I've never, so make- I've never bought a system at launch. Never. I think the only system that I actually bought at launch was probably the Sega Genesis. Sega! Yeah, and I'm sorry, Sonic 2, man. Sonic 2 was like that. NBA, well, nah. Actually, I actually consider this the greatest gift my mother ever, ever got me. NBA Jam. And they're rehashing it for the week. I, uh, I bought my Xbox 360 in 2007 just so I could get the new SmackDown vs. Raw. Because I had it on PS2 every year yeah. up until that point. And I wanted, I wanted a copy for, uh, for that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, in all honesty, the, the um, third, the seven generation versions are better by far. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, you know, I had fun playing for the 360, actually. Too bad I didn't have you on my friends list at the time. <laughs> would have been some fun times, my friend. Oh, yeah, man. It would have been hilarious. So you know, I, I have my. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I have my characters, everything. So I had like about on the 360 alone, I had about, say, about 10 characters made and on the ps3 when i got the ps3 version i only made like two i'm sitting on the list whatever <laughs> i've got like i don't know 30 or 40 characters on mine for right now for the efed and not to mention uh a mr perfect that i made that's pretty fucking awesome and i made a zangief from street fighter 4 yeah don't forget to make mike mcgillicuddy <laughs> <laughs> fucking mike on mine i just got my own personal character and I think I got Samoa Joe made, and I think that's it. I think those are the only two creative wrestlers I actually made on my uh, version of SmackDown. Well, I, I guess... downloaded some Sheamus's, yo. For real. Oh, God. You go online and you look at some of these characters, and, you know, it, it's like, oh, look, there's a Shelton Benjamin. Well, he's in the game. Oh, well, I made a better one. Really? Because the only thing it looks like is he's black. It looks nothing like Shelton Benjamin. So because he's black... He's Shelton Benjamin. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Dude, have you not seen some of these creative... Uh, like, if you go to sites like, uh, you know, CAW.WS is okay, but there's a lot of them out there where they literally, you know, <laughs> I don't look at anything unless it's got at least a 7 or 8 rating. Anything below 7 or 8, I'm not even going to bother looking at. Uh, you know, a lot of just random bullshit. You know, oh, it's it's a white guy with uh, a red beard and, and a red hairdo. Got to be Seamus. Nah, like they had some good entrances there too. I made Batista's entrance. It's kind of hard, and I had to tweak it to get it about right because I'm a kind of a perfectionist when it comes to entrances. You know, that's why I love Raw too for the Xbox, and that's why I love No Mercy. Yes. Yes. You know, I still have my No Mercy sitting right next to me in the 64. I'm like, I want to. Every once in a while, I'll break out the uh, old Nintendo 64 and play some No oh, Mercy. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, things like, you know, the revolutionary the revolutionary movements that's game aiming, look at the PlayStation Move coming out later this year, and Project Natal and all that other stuff. Things are going to be really interesting, man. The one thing I don't get is the whole 3D move. Yeah, I I don't know. I you know th- there was a rumor going around that they're actually going to call Project Natal the Wave. Oh Jesus! 
excuse me while I ram my head into a wall. Uh, you heard it here, folks. It is a rumor. I'm not confirming that it's accurate, but there is a rumor going around that uh, they are calling Project Natal. Once it once they announce what it's going to be, it's going to be called the Wave. So we'll see if that happens. Well, you and there's also a rumor waiting. going around too that at uh, E3, Sony is not only unveiling the uh, uh, Sony Move, but they're also going to be unveiling the PSP2, which will also feature 3D to combat Nintendo's uh, new handheld, the 3DS. Yeah, but, like, in all honesty, I mean, they've already unveiled the move. I mean, they've had stuff in New York, Boston, and all that stuff. I mean, they've revealed two of the games that were going to support it, SOCOM 4 and Toy Story 3. I, to me, the move is so cheesy, though, man. When they were showing it last year, it, I mean, it looked so fucking cheesy. Did I just lose you guys? Yeah, I'll be here. Okay. That I'm was here. weird. I, I, heard, I, like, heard silence. Like, yeah, I heard no nah. static or nothing. It was just gone. So that was weird. Yeah. I feel you. It's kind of cheesy. I mean, you know, everybody's bitching about the Nintendo Wii. It's like, this is what the Nintendo Wii should have done. But, like, in all honesty, I was looking at the statistics, and one out of 30 homes technically has a high-definition television. So, you know, has a high-definition television. Like, my most of my TVs in my house are standard def, and they perfectly support the Wii. Hmm. Like well, the then again, the Wii I'm... wasn't really meant for high def either. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Like w- when you look at the Wii, it was basically a system that they brought out that they wanted, you know, older people or you know, kids to come out and play, and, and something that families can do. Like when the Wii first came out, I found it very appealing. Like I, I love the Wii Sports. You know, a lot of the Wii Sports games, the family stuff that you can do on that system are really cool. I have one, and I have like. Like almost, I think I have almost 200 games on my hard drive. I have a modded Wii, so I have like 200 yeah. games, you know, just that are Wii titles alone. Not to mention that I have a uh, Super Nintendo emulator that gives me like 50 plus games that yeah. uh, you know, like Japanese wrestling games and stuff that I've never played, and I have maybe played my Wii three or four times since I bought it Christmas time this last year. Damn, like, my Wii is sitting outside. I mean, I have Wii Fit, Wii Fit Plus, Wii Sports. I had bought um, Super Smash Bros. Brawl, which I used to beast on, like, legit. You know? Like, even when I had my PS... I'm about to play Brawl, so... But then again, I found a reason I, I modded my Wii as well. You know, I found a way to be lazy on it. <laughs> nice. I mean, I got the balance board and everything. Yeah, I get my exercise on, but like, and when I whip in my, when I put in my my SD card and whatnot, put on my like Game Boy Advance ROMs and things like that. Yeah, playing, I'm playing like Pokemon, Pokemon Emerald stuff like down there. <laughs> yeah. So I I kind of want to transition. I know there was there was something that uh, you wanted to talk about, and I know that Sean was supposed to be on the program tonight, but he had to pull in a, a major day at work today. So let's kind of transition into that before we kind of wrap things up here. Uh, you know, I guess it's in regards to to a certain show. Oh yeah, uh, I know everybody remembers past the book. You know, we, me and Sean reevaluated it. Sean and JJ reevaluated it, and uh, the common consensus is that it's just too, it's too like the whole booking concept of it is, is too cumbersome. Like it's extremely cumbersome. Yes, I use the five hundred dollar word. Cumbersome. So, yes. Basically. So what we're say what basically, basically. <laughs> yeah. Hey Sorry, Josh, Josh, that's your word. 
Yes, it is, basically. Drink. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Anyways, so what we're going to do, we, cha- we have changed the name. We basically changed the format as well. And the show is going to be called, I think JJ approved this, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. We're calling it the Showdown Lowdown, which yeah. is going to be all E-Fed, which is, you know, everything covering the E-Fed, allowing you guys to cut your promos and whatnot. The thing is, it's not going to be a live show. It's going to be taped on Saturdays to be aired the following Wednesday, I believe. Uh, I think so, yeah. I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah. It'll be taped Saturday afternoon between 3 p.m. Eastern time and 6 p.m. Eastern time. Anytime between then. Definitely before the rewind goes up. So y'all have time to get prepared and listen to Andy Knowles and Mike Siciliano do their thing. So... Basically, we encourage you to either pre-record your promos and send them in to JJ or to add, if you have myself or Sean on your Skype, you can jump in. We will remind you guys ahead of time on the new Facebook page that I'm for the show that I'm going to you know, work on creating. So we'll remind everybody ahead of time. Very cool. Or you can also do what I do and script an entire interview to stroke your own ego and put yourself over. Yes, I read that whole thing and I marked out. I'm like, holy crap, you should be in the WWE or at least writing for them. <laughs> like, JJ, I have to send it to you. Oh, man, it is whole. Uh, hell, Josh can send it to you. He has it. Like, it's hilarious. I'll have to check that out. Josh putting himself over? Say it's not so. <laughs> what can I say? The J-Con is always full of himself and that will never change. Yeah, I'm sorry. He, like, he literally I told me. He literally told me he jizzed in his pants like multiple times writing that whole thing out. I was like, shit. That's awesome. So, uh, so CJ, is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, we head out of here? Anything else I want to talk about? Hmm. Let me think about that. Actually, not much other than that, you know, I was going to make a point to the whole name-changing thing that um, Vince McMahon was putting out an edict about a couple years ago when Ted DiBiase debuted that they're not really going to use the superstars' real names anymore so this is why the name changes are so rampant such as the oos with the hello are you still there i think cj just jobbed the skype wow okay so on that note i think we're just going to wrap things up ladies and gentlemen i don't know what to say about skype anymore Oh, it only dropped uh, me and CJ tonight, so well, that's a new record. Only two people. I'm telling you. Well, well, Mike too. We lost Mike, or I guess he hung up. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened there, but either way. So uh, yeah, good show tonight. Went a little long, but uh, you know, we got the NXT stuff taken care of, which was a good show, I think. And Wade Barrett was someone I thought was going to win this after the whole. Daniel Bryan thing came about. Like I said, he was my dark horse all along, so I'm glad to see that Wade Barrett has uh, has become the next big star prospect in the WWE, and, and I look forward to seeing him cashing in a title shot on pay-per-view. Uh, me too, and before we actually do go, since we had CJ on the line, and this is a show about NXT and video games, CJ says something earlier in the chat that I had to put this over, that the, uh, the pros when they were all arguing, kind of reminded CJ of the uh, launch day of PlayStation 3 standing in line. <laughs> nice. 
So I figured I'd get that in there. I was going to do that during my uh, my recap of uh, the NXT season, but that's when Skype decided to uh, job me out and take my Intercontinental title. You better get it back. You're going to have to have a title defense at some point. I'm not going to let oh, Skype yeah, be my champion. Fuck that. That'd be the worst champion on the roster if Skype was the champion. They'd be dropping the fucking title every week. Pretty much. They'll drop the title before it even gets to the arena. Job the title a couple times a night. Yeah, it'll make my job really hectic trying to put up these title histories. Yeah, no shit. All right, well, that said, on behalf of the Trade Dog, on behalf of Josh Pedro, thanks for co-hosting with me tonight, by the way. Oh, not a problem. Always a pleasure to co-host a radio show. Uh, apparently, we do a lot of them over here, so it's always good to have uh, have able bodies, right? And people with enthusiasm. So, and you have that, so it's all good. Now, I'm glad you were aboard tonight. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I had a good time tonight. So, all right. So, all can't be bad. Uh, no. On behalf of everybody that called in tonight, I thank you, and I will talk to you later on in the week. Don't forget, this Friday, there will be another episode of MMA Now. I actually taped it today with both Ryan the Brain, Jesse Vane, and, of course, Mark the Shark DiCarlo. And what an interesting night it was. So it should be a very good show this coming Friday. Don't forget, on Saturday, the Pro Wrestling Rewind with the power Andy Knowles. And the king of all of Italy, Mike Siciliano. And, of course, we're back on Monday with another edition of Wrestling News Live. So I will talk to you guys later on. Enjoy the rest of the week. And uh, if you guys have an Xbox 360 and Red Dead Redemption, I'll see you online very soon. So with that said, guys, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm JJ Sexay, and you've just been unplugged. As for me, I'm sitting here completely naked after my bath. I'm just going to enjoy this waterlogged steak. After that, I'm going to polish off an entire bottle of vodka in less than 20 minutes. And then hit the town and punch out street lamps with a bat. I'm going to hopefully sleep with the first person I meet. I hope you do the same. Even if you're a child or a recovering alcoholic or an elderly person. you got to live life, huh? that sound good great now you do me a favor you stay classy and give me a call sometime i'm at 646-424-9166 hope to talk to you real soon goodbye is that baxter baxter oh oh that's not baxter oh sweet jack lord's hair that's a mastiff i have to remember to close the door when i bathe oh that definitely is a mastiff Oh! Lord, damn it, help me! It's a monster! Oh, get down from me!